All right, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? This is the morning zoo. (laughs) I can't do it right now. (laughs) Go ahead, Emma. Do you need a blue pill? (laughs) Hey there. Welcome to Motorcycle. Start again, people. We're talking. Hey there. No, your mouth is full. No, it's not full. Is it your, your, your mouth full, Your too? cheek is bulging out. <laughs> no, it's, I'm just doing my All right. Well, you settle down. It is, hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, <laughs> coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California, USA. The sun did come out for a little bit. Marginally. Tiny. It's like lovely it, today. It's like wind chill negative 32 in the middle of the country, so <laughs> we can't, you know. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Liza. Thank you for that lovely opening, Emma. You can go ahead and finish chewing now. Thank you. Well, no, because we're still getting through the Christmas candy. And <laughs> I am very pleased to say I've polished off the box of C's chocolates. Oh, you didn't? Save any for anyone else? I pass them around. It didn't come to me. Oh, boo hoo. (laughs) I can see how this is going to go. All right, let's just get to introductions because we've got a lively group tonight, don't we? Um, Always dependable and on time, running the board. Capable of caving. It's Stumpy John. (laughs) Heidi Hill, everybody. It's Stumpy John. You just crumbled, didn't you? I when did, you I wanted crumbled. to do that, you crumbled. I got, I got stage fright. We've all been there. You make me nervous, Emma. Sometimes oh, you on. should invent your own dance. I just had a vision of you. <laughs> what? Like, what do, would they even that when it was your turn? Like? You jump up and do, do the stump. Like yeah, like think do like the stump, MC Stone. Yeah, like more stay in the time, but it's the stump, but without rhythm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. well, we all know the Humpty Dance. It could be the Stumpty Dance. There we go. Exactly. Can you do the Humpty Dance first? Not right now. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, doing their best rendition of the Stumpy Dance for us tonight, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. Simply thrilled to be here. And, you know, I've got the classic cou- girl couch to myself. You, so, well, you and the empty candy wrappers well, are taking up the whole couch. I was surrounded by empty candy wrappers <laughs> because, because. There's candy corn over there, too. Yeah, it's not very good, though. Ooh, I so, want some. Well, no, hang on. Before you get excited about the candy corn, it is, it comes in peppermint candy cane flavor, Ugh. toasted marshmallow flavor, uh, maple syrup flavor, <laughs> or frosted sugar. Gun. But it those is, aren't all in the same package. It, yeah, they're all in the same package. Oh, it word. is quite revolting. Mm. <laughs> Pass it over. As you start Not eating them. As I dig in. Pass it over. I want to see you snort one up your nose. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not done yet. That's only half of the room. Uh, going around the room, joining us tonight to talk about something special. Oh, we hope. I hope. Uh, it's Ray Ray. Hey, guys. It's Ray Ray. And I, I, I think it's... That's deep, man. That's deep. I, mean, I think yeah. it's terribly brave of you, Ray. To come on to the just show. bear my soul in front of all of you. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, you you bear your soul that's covered in poison <laughs> ivy. <laughs> yes. That one was maple syrup, and it was not bad. All yeah, right. All right. Oh, this one is weird. It's a candy right. cane. <laughs> that's that's shaped like an intestine. Which one did you get? Well, is that even turd. a candy corn? Oh, candy oh, cane. that's a good know. one though. That's a good luck. I don't know. Well, um continue introductions going around the room somebody who i know for fact eats tongue 
It's Scotty. <laughs> hey, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, by the open window, ready to leap. It's Naked Jim. Hey, living it up at the Hotel California. <laughs> yeah. And Bagel is on the way, so he'll be joining us soon. Um, Scotty, you, you basically French kissed a cow yesterday. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah, I had a taco. It was fabulous. <laughs> Lengua. Yeah. I know what that is. I got multiple pictures in my mind right now. Have you eaten the lengua? No, I don't do that. I have. Lengua's I, good. I Fabulous. Can't. Tastes like roast beef. I understand you got to get the back of it with like the little tubes and stuff. Oh, That's God. the best part. Yeah. No. I can't do it. I just feel like I'm French kissing a cow. No, apparently. You had a lengua taco? You know, I, I, I don't know it whether was, it's it lost delicious. favor. But certainly when I was a child in England, tongue sandwiches were quite a quite a thing. <laughs> was that like a mob kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's very peaky. Like blinders. the, what's the, um, yeah, that Irish smile. Yeah, the, the Irish smile, the, gla- the Glaswegian <laughs> smile. <laughs> well, my, my dog likes bull penis. Does he really? Old that dogs, old dogs do. That just took a weird turn. So, um, a few things to talk about today. First oh, we've thing, got lots to talk about. And John's dog's obsession with willies is probably number one. <laughs> she lo- she's happy when a willie's in her mouth. So, oh, God. <laughs> um, the Dakar, are you guys following Dakar? Uh, barely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah kind of. So, uh, Dakar has been very interesting this year. Oh, yeah. Um, also, just to see the bikes that are in it. Um Besides, you know, like Honda and KTM, which right, really right, lead. Right. You got the Covey. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the hero. There was a Covey. Oh, <laughs> oh, they didn't make it. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, right. Hero, gas, gas. Um, electric bikes, a plenty. Electric bikes. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. trying to follow the uh, mm. Future One Hundred thing. Mm. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. The the car Future One Hundred is like a different category or class somehow, um, and it just wasn't as much coverage it was hard yeah. to follow. titanium frames yeah. oh Ooh, that's nice the thing i find interesting about the dakar you know you have all the classes the bikes the quads and then you get the, the big, rally cars the and trucks. like the the big trucks and the no the trucks and then the big trucks and then the what are the like the mule kind of thingies right 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 side by sides and all that stuff. side by sides yeah. but the bikes are always the first one that they give the updates on because they are the fastest out there of all the vehicles out there. Does anyone know why they have to ride so far, like, just to start racing? To get to racing? the starting grid? Is there a reason? Like, does that harken back to having to just slab it a bunch? I think, but, like, two or three days ago, they had to ride, like, 290 kilometers to the starting. And sometimes yeah. I think it's more than that, just yeah. to get to the start. Or to, if after the end of the stage, sometimes they have to ride a long ways. Yeah. Oh, is there, I'm, gonna, I'm curious I, why. I'm going to take knows. a wild leap on Tell this. me why. Um, because Tell this me is, why. Uh, it's in Saudi Arabia this year. And the entire country is not just open to race. So I think they have to go to different sections. Because that's why the bivouac moves. They're going mm-hmm. to different sections. But you think you'd plan where you could wake up and start where you I woke know, up like and just I know. You think they put them in a truck and drive yeah. them there. But why they have the rule that you have to get So if anyone knows. I'd, well, I'd one of the racers on an interview recently was talking about how they finish their stage and then they get in an airplane for one of the transfers. I, mm. Oh, I, they did that to go for the rest day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was the rest day, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think if if you want a clue as to why it is, why it is, I think because the bivouac hasn't moved yet, so you right. to sleep in the bivouac. But uh, the French's French nation's attitude to racing 
has always been based on endurance. And when you look at what comes out of France, I mean, you have the Baldor, which is the 24-hour motorcycle race. You have Le Mans, of course, which is the most famous race. Um, and it's always been based around endurance. And if we go back to the origins, it was Paris-Dakar. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was very much based on... How much endurance and punishment can the riders take? How much endurance and punishment can the bikes take? Mm. And once, it, once you understand it's based around that mentality, okay. it's quite easy to kind of figure out, yeah, the bivouac's going to be 200 miles from the start line. But that's too easy. We're going to make you ride you <laughs> right. know, 375 miles to start. That's something Scotty would do. You're like, yeah, it's too easy. We're going to Scott, ride. Scotty would definitely do that. <laughs> I have to say, though, Jim, um, when they're out in the dunes, which they had a couple of days, it was just all dunes, it's like they're floating across. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's it's amazing to watch them. It is amazing, but you can't slow down. Yeah. No, they're on the throttle. Slow down. I was down. watching one dude do a wheelie for just looked like miles. Mm -hmm. Just full yeah. throttle, handing it, handing it out there. So um, one of the Americans, uh, Mason Klein, who we've been following, um, is on the Cove. Remember mm -hmm. we saw the right, right, right. Cove? At uh, Ame Expo, and he was fun. He was easy, easy to like. Unfortunately, the bike died, and he's out. Oh no, oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah, not a crash or anything. And he, and he said he stands behind Kove. He said, "Yeah, it's unfortunately he got a second gen bike. Didn't have enough time yet to really learn the bike and it, what it needs." And it's one of those horrible stories where I think the bike came at the last minute, and they only had one shakedown ride. And yeah. it's like had you know had had all this stuff that's failing right now. If we could have known beforehand, which we would have, but it's so crazy to think you prepare for so long and the bike shows up, you know, yeah. right before you can. Well, race. and the because the Kove is a Chinese-made bike, and they're trying to show that Chinese can make you any quality you want. But I think other Kove bikes finished or are still racing, and uh -huh. they finished in mm -hmm. the and you know, and any bike can have a There's mechanical. Plenty of Japanese issue. bikes have a mechanical. Yeah, issue. they well, all do. To the car. Speaking of Japanese, on the Honda 450, just like Jim's bike. Ricky Brayback, American. Mm -hmm. He's He's number one. Number one. Yeah. Number one. He's been doing great. What's interesting, and he, I don't think he's come in first any day, but he's placed top ten every day. He had a so bunch of third places. When you aggregate, he's it adds up. Real consistent. Well, I think mm -hmm. he was the first American to win a few years ago. Brayback. Yeah, was. and yeah. Yeah. he's like Honda. They're like one week down, another week to go, and he goes, "I'm 110. percent Let's go." He's, he's, he's feeling good. I've been seeing like little snippets of him, and he's just on fire. Like this is well, great. I love it. Yeah, it's I hard. Mean, it's fucking the car. Incredibly talented, but you know, there's got to be a formula for that kind of riding, of size of bike versus power of bike. Because of course, you know, you think you're riding these huge distances. You want something as big as possible. Well, hang on. Because you're riding in very, very soft sand and you need to be able to throw the thing around. So you want something as small as possible. Well, that won't exactly fly because you're riding long distances. Right. So, you know, maybe the 450 is just that sweet spot of power, range, and just chuckability so you can actually kind of throw it around in the dunes. Yeah. And a comfortable place to sit for a couple of weeks. Well, you're the best judge of that. Well, no, it's certainly not comfortable, I'll tell you that. But I don't think they're sitting a lot. Um, and I think, it's, well, so much just luck, too. I mean, right? You just have to have right. a, a millisecond of bad luck. 
and you're in a helicopter ride to the hospital. Oh, you yeah. Know, it's like <clears throat> vicious. The, the, the accidents are vicious. Well, you know, I mean, I remember from years and years ago when the giant bikes, mm. you know, really were... were like the BMWs or... It was all about the really the bigger the better mm. and the original Africa Twins, and you'd see one of those wad out at like 90 miles an oh, hour. And brutal. It, Jesus Christ. It's amazing that the person even survived the accident yeah. you saw it and you think oh they're dead like somersaulting ragdoll kind of right. stuff yeah um excuse me i have an announcement to make yes yes bagel mm. has joined us oh, yeah. hey bagel hey bagel oh, there he is hello bagel hey bagel greetings from the frozen subdark subarctic <laughs> regions of the pacific north <laughs> well there's no no there's no blubbering bagel <laughs> because you lived in california and you choose you chose you chose to head north so I no, did, but I, I had I had to chip my way through the ice to get it out here to to do the podcast. So, Serves you right uh, for doing that. It, it took me a few. Sorry about no, no worries. Well, I want to wrap up the uh, the car, and then I want to talk about bagels, Sophie's choice from the this past week. But um, yeah, and there was a there's a the woman who's who's leading in the women's uh, Jane Daniels. Mm-hmm. There was video of her like she had a small crash, but. Things had gotten like bent, and she couldn't read <laughs> her scroll thing. She, she, she's like, didn't have the tools, so yeah. yeah, she like just laid the bike down. Was using her boot and stomping to bend things back into place to make the bike rideable. Yeah, with a cameraman just on her. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Like, you know, watching her do that made me. Think, Are they not oh, supposed to help? I want to be her no? friend. One of the things well, I like. Well, other riders will stop and help. Yeah. But yeah. One of the things I like is to watch them figure out all the geometry on how to flip things back over. Not the motorcycles so much, but the big trucks or cars. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. They flip over down yeah. some weird so, thing. I always thought the golden ticket at the Dakar would be riding in one of the big trucks. Yeah, that would be cool. Until I saw no in the big race trucks. Oh fuck! Until I saw footage from inside of one. (laughs) Shit, fly it all. There's a reason. There's a three man team. It It, takes three people to change the tire. And when you when you hit a series of ruts, you're wearing a helmet. It's just going one side to another. How these guys don't end up with broken necks? It's incredible. So. no, I don't think it's probably a very pleasant environment to be in. So, if you're not following Dakar, I recommend watching just watching the motorcycles riding that terrain. And they it's had so a, beautiful. They had a new stage this year, and I can't quite understand. It was like the 48-hour chrono stage. I saw that, too. And it was basically... Yeah, it was like a time trial. Yeah, like they yeah. turned them loose for two days. And, the kind of the, and there was different bivouacs somewhere they could stop at. And the only rule was you were kind of on your own, no mechanic team or anything like that. And when it started getting dark, you had to stop at the next closest thing. Oh, that's why yeah. they had all those like top racers just pitching a tent and sleeping out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and right. nobody knew what was going on and this kind of thing. So I don't like, quite understand. It, it was pretty it was, cool though because a lot of folks were like, "I think I have enough time if I really pin it in this yeah. section, but I have to avoid the speed limits and all this other stuff, trying to make it as far as they could the first day." It was yeah. pretty cool. It, it, it seemed like a neat thing, and they're just so out. It's so remote. I'm, I'm, it's so I must admit. I do miss the footage of everybody leaving Paris in January. Yeah, that was, I mean, that cool. was, yeah. That that, was cool. That was almost the best part mm-hmm. because you'd have these just wildly incongruous things like obviously a motorcycle that's set up for the desert. 
just riding through downtown Paris in the ice and snow. Mm. Very, very cool to see. Oh, I'm sure. And when all the like, well, now the all the vintage class. That's another thing to check out. Uh, the vintage vehicles <sighs> is pretty cool. Oh, it's be- I haven't checked in on the the two women in the Citroen. They're struggling. Oh, they're struggling. They're, 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 struggling. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're struggling. Or the car is. They're great. The car is having a tough time. Uh, on that same vein, there's a fabulous series for the. Uh, Peking to Paris auto race that happens every couple of years. Well, and I think that there is a, an, another competition within the competition. I don't know if you've noticed Ricky Brabeck and Toby Price. Mm-hmm. Toby Price is always known for having this weird mullet. Have you noticed Ricky he's Brabeck? I think he's trying to out mullet Toby Price. Really? I, yeah, if I ever meet him, I'm going to ask him. All I would say is Ricky Brabeck's mullet's awesome because he looks like a big dude that could whoop my ass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they all rocking like these mullet mohawk things. Well, um, now that Bagel has joined us, Bagel, you had you had an uh, interesting, as I said, Sophie's Choice of two different scooters available at the same time that both seem to be pretty pretty cool finds but you said you can only have one and i think you were going no, after oh. the wrong one tell everyone what these two scooters <laughs> were and then emma you i think you're gonna agree with me to tell them what okay. the two scooters were that you were trying to get well um <clears throat> I, I i i don't know if i was really trying to get both well, of them i know but, but that were available uh, or enticing but, the, but they were available they're both <laughs> enticing uh, one is a, uh, a Harley Topper that is for sale. Oh, wow. out in, uh, yes, in uh, Ohio, <gasps> conveniently uh, where we have some friends near our friends yep. at Cleveland, where yeah. I'll most likely be going for vintage motorcycle days this summer. <laughs> and it was cheap, um, right? Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, it looks like it's fairly complete. I don't think it was running, um, but and it had been like repainted, but it seemed like it was all pretty much there. Um, so and it was it was interesting and, and tempting and and uh, but the the seller was away on vacation so uh, that kind of precluded any any way of getting hold of him so right 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 uh, so I kind of you know thought about that what for was a the ba- what was the base price yeah how cheap is cheap um, let me see thousand still have it um, I think it was fifteen hundred might have been fifteen let me yeah, I think it was fifteen hundred for looked pretty complete. That sounds yep. about a going rate for a topper. Yeah, so so it was tempting. Okay, but Any but other? then a friend of mine posted <clears throat> a uh, a Vespa auto or a Vespa Vespa car. It, it's uh, it's labeled as, <laughs> which is a, a Vespa three wheeler, also known as an Ape. Oh yeah, uh, which is for sale up in Washington. Do you know what <clears throat> No, I've never had a three wheeler of any kind. Oh, not even an MP3. You catch up with Liza. Uh, <clears throat> oh, this is so, cool. Right. Well, hold so, on, hold on. Right, Bagel now, was hunting after this because I think you're like, it's an Ape, it's a Vespa, and it's Pakistani. I think you were, right. were like, this, I got to have this, and I'm like, right. get the Ape. The Ape looks like a good deal. Sleepy right. Cinch said, it, "I can go pick it up for you and hold it on, hold on to it." Till the Ape or, or the topper? That was the topper. Yeah. Now this right. Ape. How do you spell it? Uh, Ape. 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 Looks like ape. Um, <clears throat> if you're looking at this, Emma, <clears throat> do you do you read the description? Yes, and the description's quite short. Imported in 2001 from Pakistan, 
It has a two-stroke engine. I was going to convert it to electric, but decided against it. Presently disassembled as shown, and it's not that disassembled. I'm keeping the visor. Make an offer. What do you think he means by the visor? Well, I'm looking. Oh, no, there's a there's a visor. If you click on full screen, there's a visor above the windshield. Okay, but it looks like it's not complete. Shouldn't that have more of a cab bagel? Uh, yes, there there was originally a rickshaw back that was yeah. Uh, Ooh, built that was cool. Back that was on the back mm. of it. It yeah. was very cool. It's just a frame, but, <clears throat> right? But the seller decided that he wanted to keep the rickshaw back and see if he could adapt that to put it onto a uh, like an imported K truck that he could register for the road because the state of Washington would not allow him to register this this rickshaw. What about um, the state of Oregon? Well, uh, that remains to be seen. So, so but, what do you think? But the thing is, I, I, I just th- this thing is so adorable, and it looks like it's in, it looked like it was in really good shape. But it's not complete. And I just felt, well, it doesn't have the back, but yeah. it has everything that it needs to to make it run pretty much. So, I figured that's a pretty good deal. That that you know, I, I really shouldn't pass up. And with its history coming from Pakistan, which still with the decorations on the front of it, even though it doesn't have the back, which you know was beautifully done up in Pakistani style, um, just you know like the trucks are done, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but even the front has some beautiful like hand painted uh, birds of different types along along the front, and some, so, some messages in Urdu along the sides. So where are you at with this? Well, just buy uh, both. it's right behind me here in my <laughs> shop. What? Hey! Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh and he kept the he visor. Got, <clears throat> he did keep the visor and the back. Okay. But, but, so but I have, have the rest of it. One uh, third of an op. Congratulations. Well, I, I, this is, this is actually op. how it came from the factory. Because it didn't, didn't come with a back or anything. You know, it was just a, a rolling, mm. you know, chassis and engine and, and drivetrain mm. that, you know, with a seat. So and it was that that just left it up to the buyer to put on whatever they wanted to put on in the back. Considering in Pakistan, Portland, it was cheaper a stripper to, pole. <laughs> yeah, that is a possibility, I suppose. <laughs> What's that? Are you in Portland now? No, oh, no, I'm in I'm, Eugene. I'm two hours south of there, yeah. but but uh, but I was thinking I could put a couple of rails on the back and make it a scooter hauler. You could. <laughs> it would be a very slow scooter hauler, but it would work. <laughs> well, congratulations on your new find. Yeah, that's I cool. mean, it was a Thank hard you. choice. The Harley Topper yeah. was pretty cool, I thought. It, well, you, it was. I mean, but, but, they are of limited appeal. I mean, it's Harley Toppers, as charming as they are, are very, very rudimentary. Now, yeah. And now, now my, my interest in, in the Topper, though, is... Pretty much for just like a kind of a pipe dream idea where I, I had where I wanted to, to, to if I could find a, a cheap Harley Topper, I always thought it'd be really cool to paint it up in orange and black yeah. and just with, Harley with it out like with chrome and, and, you know, just make it as Harley as a, a, the most Harleyest Topper I could. <laughs> um, take it to Sturgis. And then, and then take it to Sturgis. Yeah. <laughs> so, I go, hi, guys. That'd be cool. <laughs> because, because I've never been to Sturgis, and I figured that'd be the way for me to go there. It'd be a good way for you <laughs> to make friends, Bagel. I probably would, yes. <laughs> it would have to have tassels. Oh, yeah. Well, leather. congratulations. Um, keep us up to date on what you do with that. Um, yeah. What, how long until you think you have it running? 
Well, uh, I was thinking about tinkering with it with it uh, this weekend. I haven't done too much with it yet, but uh, I've got the day off tomorrow, so maybe I'll I'll come out here and see if I can get the engine in it because right. uh, it's just a couple of bolts and and then throw in some axles and some drive chains, and next thing you know, you know, might be able to actually get it rolling around just <laughs> like that. Well, good. Yep. Congratulations, um, John. You. you wanted to give uh, a quick update. Yeah, we had. Um, I'll just give a shout out. Tad Wesson came by. Yeah, today. it was so great seeing him. Tad went la- on he went to Pakistan. He did, yeah. and with you, Emma. Oh yeah, to Dolomite. 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 Yeah, we had a bunch of people in the garage today. Um, also, he dropped off gear, mm-hmm. which most of it I was able to give away before I even had to put it into the yeah, garage. Good. Yeah, I had so many people showing up today, but um, um, he's looking for more trips to do. But we've, we've got a few coming up. What All we right. We've got a few. So the uh, Misfits Desert Hair Rally is coming up real quickly. It's uh, January 30th to February 4th. Email us if you're interested. Uh, the Misfits Hollister Rally, April 18th to 21st. You should yeah. check out it's be good, I uh, think. Breaking Away Motorcycle Adventures for that. I got my ticket. And I want to make it clear... Um, when you look at that rally and look at the cost, you think, "Hang on a minute! It's how much is it? Two fifty? Three fifty? Three fifty for four days? A bargain! It's a uh, four-day event. Yeah. It's completely catered. It's it's an all-inclusive weekend, so it's actually very good value. Yeah, that's breakingawayadventures.com. Okay. Yeah, breakingawayadventures. Come to our rally. And uh, Raymond, are you coming to Peru or not? No, I think I'm gonna do Pakistan. Then I th- oh, then oh, I, oh, with me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to get him to come. Oh, to I'm Peru, so excited. Which means I think that there's still a spot open on the Peru trip if you want to come to Peru. What's with the me dates and how do they get them in March? March. Go to vintagerides.travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you can join Ray Ray and me at Stumpistan, uh, May 30th <laughs> to June 12th, and you can. Uh, Get, you could check out a different agenda.com for that. The Dolomites uh, trip with Miss Emma is June 23rd to 29th, which is indeed. And Castles and Curve is July 14th to 20th, but with Miss Emma. You do not want to miss being with Miss Emma. Whatever the cost is, double it. That's what it's worth <laughs> just to be with her. I'm worthless. So, and you could check out Layout Escapes. Layoutescapes.com. And if you, um, if you go to Layout Escapes, just punch in the Misfits training tool in its own search bar. Both trips will come up. Um, <clears throat> just a little recap, because I want to make this absolutely clear. These trips are for novice travelers, not novice motorcyclists. If you've only been riding for six months, just get a little more experience in. This is very, very hard riding, um, particularly in the Dolomites. I always lead the slow group. Um, That does not mean we're slow. Um, You're really going to push the limits of what your skill level is no matter where you're at i mean cat is an absolutely amazing rider um and i'm a good working rider but it's both of those trips are very very demanding um and i believe for 2024 if you sign up for the trip it is included in the cost of the trip yamaha champion riding school that's that's freddie spencer um you have to complete it. 
you have to show completion of Champion Riding School to be eligible to go on the trip. Champion Riding School is just a value on its own. It's super cool that's included. Yeah, and we include it. Is it something that you have to attend in person or something? No, it's all online. It's online. Okay. But it's all theory. But before... Oh, it's theory, right? It's amazing. Because it actually, you go into the dynamics <coughs> of what a motorcycle actually does and the dynamics of how you crash and how you avoid it. Um, it's an absolute must. All right. But in the past, it's been optional. It is compulsory for 2024. Thank you. And Bagel, you have a trip coming up, correct? What's the dates and the, the deets on that? Uh, this is uh, the Rim Run Scooter Rally uh, with uh, for Top Dead Scooter Top Dead Center Scooter Club. Uh, that's going to be July 19th through the 21st of <clears throat> in uh, in uh, Oregon. Where we'll be riding to uh, Crater Lake. Bagel, We're riding all the way around Crater Lake. Will yes. you be then leaving that and driving to Ohio? Um, very likely, hopefully, I uh, haven't made definite plans yet, but that's, uh, that's definitely uh, one of the things I'm shooting for this year. So, um, that rally, is it for vintage machines or contemporary ones? Uh, it is oriented towards vintage machines, but, uh, you know, we would allow, you know, uh, modern scooters as well. Will you be riding your Heinke Heinkel HE triple one? No, uh, I will probably be riding my Vespa 300, um, but it. <laughs> Remains to be seen. I might get other bikes running between now and then, and I might change my mind. But you might do it on an Ape. Did you know? Uh, well, <laughs> no. Do you ride don't, on don't or in an Ape? Go that far on an Ape. <laughs> Emma, did you know that the rim ride in San Francisco is a completely different experience? Oh, I know what the rim ride. Is. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up, baby. <laughs> and finally, Chickistan, September fifteenth to twenty eighth. Uh, we need to add vintage days. AMA vintage days. That's true. Yes. We do. Hmm. I like yeah. how, you know, we, we've completely joined Phil, but we're building a neighborhood now that we've, we've taken over one side and now people have been what, taking over the other side. And what are the days for vintage days? Last weekend in July. It's the Friday, yeah, Saturday, 20, Sunday. But we six through the 28th. We find a way to make it a Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, so or literally Wednesday, I will, be, yeah, I will be getting off the plane, um, having come back from Castles and Curves and getting on a plane to go to Ohio. Yes. So you're going to come? Yeah, of course yeah. I am. Um, I wanted to give a quick ride report. Scotty and I did a ride yesterday. We had a good time. And I am going to say that it was a good ride. And we even talked about what are some of the things that you check off that say, yes, this was a good ride. Emma, what, what are some of the things for you that you're like, yes, this was a good ride? What's on that checklist? Um. You know, my my wants and needs in a ride are probably different from a lot of other people. The greatest thing for me is riding with my friends. I absolutely, there you go. Yeah. Riding so friend, yep. riding with just friend. riding with friends is my favorite thing to do. Jim, what's something for you that you're like on the checklist for a good ride? Uh, after a long day of riding, when I get off the bike, I kind of want to get back on. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I, I actually did that last <laughs> night, too. Right. What about you, John? What's something... You're like, yep, that was a good ride. Uh, I would just, well, <laughs> not crashing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was yeah, my number two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is legit. And and Ray, what's something that has to be on that checklist? I'll for you? second Emma's friends. <clears throat> yeah. So I'll tell you what's on my list: tacos. Oh, check. okay. <clears throat> yep, check. Stopping at a shop and looking at, at bikes. Oh, okay. That that's a bonus, right? Hmm. 
check did that <clears throat> and uh exploring and discovering new roads oh where yeah. you're kind of like not sure where you're going but like let's left or right i don't know let's go right let's see, let's where, that see goes. where it goes yeah that kind of fun ride check then the other thing i'm going to add that not everyone will agree with me but thankfully scotty and i are on the same boat on this when something goes wrong and you have to problem solve and get yourself out of a situation I don't think and, and you, necessarily and you, about you know, thing. like like a side of the road fix or stuff like that. Like, that to me makes it even more of an adventure when you're faced with like some a, kind of obstacle that an we obstacle overcome that as you a group or overcome. A team. Yeah. So, I will say that um, I was not warned ahead of time about going for a ride with Scotty, <laughs> and I am going to say that this is equal parts warning and equal parts. Um, uh, exciting yeah, yeah like a good thing that scotty you like to just go and discover new roads sometimes that aren't an actual road but are somebody's property well i try to stay off <clears throat> of people's front yards um <laughs> and i did send you a map <laughs> yeah. the night before and uh we almost entirely stayed off of people's front yards so almost great yeah Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. No, no guns pulled. <coughs> no, no guns that's pulled. Good. So that's another good thing. Um, but we we headed down. Yeah, that's, a, um, that's a criteria for a good ride. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I had said um, I want to go explore around Holster because where our rally is, I'm trying to find more roads that we can recommend for little loops and day rides. And we know of a road just uh, south of Holster, Pinoche Road, that goes basically. Over to five, right? All the way over to five. So basically from California separated by mountain ranges and freeways. The one, the 101, the five, right? They all, All and then there's there's mountain ranges between each one. And not a lot of ways to go through every now and then across California. There's a way to cross over, but not many. So to find a small, small road, and when I say small road, this is um, best suited for a dual sport. Like oh, it's that kind of ride. Well, was, those roads are beat up too. They right? were really nicely really paved fifty like years fresh. ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really beat up. You're just going through farms on the just a chunky road with squirrels and animals everywhere. And uh, this Pinoche Road goes all the way across. So you're heading away from life. Away from cell oh, you're phone, you're just it's going rich, across man. the middle of California. In the the Timbalore <clears throat> Range, if somebody wants to look that up. Hmm. Yeah, but um, Scotty had found a road. Um, did, so you knew about that dirt road, or I found it on the map, and <clears throat> it made me excited. So I dragged you along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the the KTM 990 with street and like yeah, street tires. You had yes. the supermoto. The SMT, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that's what SM stands for, darling. Yeah, but T. There's a T. <laughs> Touring. Yeah. Totally. It's not a supermoto. Uh, totally. It's a supermoto touring. Equally unsuitable for dirty <laughs> yeah, I bike know. adventures. I think that the bike itself may not have been designed for dirt bike purposes. No, the tires. The, but your skills make up for that. Well, the bike is a good riding position and for like a dirt road. So 
these like basically farm roads you go from no from poor pavement to just dirt Never and gravel paved. you know really good gravel and just mm-hmm. going like through cow pastures yeah and it's, connecting all yeah, these no, ranches and just riding over through these hills. It's like jackrabbits and trains. Yeah, so I mean, that that cool was f- that was fun. Yeah, there's a lot Any of mud? I'm looking yeah, at it right now. Yeah, well, did, I know. Did you did you make it to that water crossing? And you know, so there was, was a couple at least, river yeah. beds that were dry that mm-hmm. we crossed, where definitely the road went down and became like concrete, and there's just gravel yeah. everywhere. They yes. have to clear the gravel. When the river washes oh, so it no out, that's like you know. Eaton Hollister South Side Road. Does that? Yeah, there was a couple, um, and but that was you know it's fun. I'm taking it really slow. My rear brake was kind of soft, uh, but then as we were heading further out, Pinoche and Scotty says, "Oh, let's go try that road." Point, and we turn around, and I'm looking. Is it a road? <laughs> it it wasn't. Is, uh, it's a <laughs> it's a gravel dirt road. Couch going right. through a farm yeah, but there was, was no gate yeah, no gates no signs it no was signs totally somebody's driveway it was totally somebody's <laughs> farm because we're passing barns and farm equipment and stuff and i'm like oh and you can see like different roads going off into the distance um but then there was like mud ah. that was like snot yeah, and I could feel my the bike kind of sliding around. Well, you've got like a, a seventeen inch front wheel with street. <laughs> yeah, I know that, straight. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I I'm like I get through a couple of them, then I see the next one that is just a big mud pit, and I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah and call. at some point Good we both call. decided this <laughs> is not the right call for today. No, turn it around. You're out there too. I mean, like it's like what three hours? Well, we were also in somebody's front yard. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, no, let's just just go back to the road and continue. So we get out to Pinoche Road. Like, let's just keep going further into the nether regions. There's not a lot back there. Eventually, you get to New Idria, the ghost town, the old mining town. Um, So Scotty takes off because Scotty was in the groove on the XR650 and just like uh, takes I mean, off. An ex, it's, you were, it's you a were, big dirt bike you were and totally it's a road in the groove. So fun. Just yeah. having fun. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm just doing my own speed. Um, but I'm like, God, I think my tires are covered in the mud because my bike is just sliding around. Didn't feel good. I'm like slowing down. I'm like, I gotta like shake some of this mud off. I'm like, that just feels really loose. And I get off and I look and I've got a flat tire. Oh, oh, jeez. So, yeah, something popped the tire. I think maybe in the farm. I don't think the tire was popped by something on the outside of the tire. I think you just ran out of tire. (laughs) No, well, there was a hole. There was a hole. <laughs> there was also cord showing right. almost all the way around. <laughs> no, no, hold on. Again? There wasn't that much cord the first time. That, 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 much. <laughs> that much. And here's the thing. Uh, there shouldn't be any cord showing, Apparently, Liza. riding on a flat tire destroys it, and there was wow. more oh, and yeah. more cord yeah, yeah. appearing yeah. as we're no trying to get back. Because a flat tire gets so hot. Right. Yeah. They just disintegrate, yep. yeah. Plus, on top of that, and Bagel will attest to that because I know he's come unglued with this before. <laughs> tire wear <laughs> is not linear. You know, tires, modern tires on motorcycles are very, very clever things. They've played around with all kinds of um, compounds to make them last a long time and yet grip. And a lot of tires, like the Michelin you had on the back of your SMT, 
mm-hmm. a it dual a compound. Pre- you know, they're very. Pirelli. It was a Prelli, yeah. but Prelli's got two CT technology anyway, which means that the compound in the middle of the tire is quite hard, the rubber. And this very is softer, a very soft tire that's really But soft at the like side, track. super yeah. soft. But the problem is when you get down pretty much two-thirds end, end to the end of life, it wears out really, really quickly. I mean, really and, quickly. And when you're running like, it flat, it, it destroys real, it. Destroys it. Yeah. So... Yeah. Fortunately, I had thrown in that new handheld pump into the top case. Like, you never know. And I was able to get it up to like 24 pounds, mm-hmm. and then the battery died. The battery on the pump. <laughs> oh, did you plug pump. it? What did you do? No, oh. I didn't have a plug. Uh, I didn't know where I, the hole was. I did have plugs, but we, it wasn't really that Couldn't kind of didn't hole. know where the hole was because it was covered in like mud and gravel. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're like, all right, plan now is get back to civilization and then see if we can limp this thing home, but not knowing how fast it's going to lose air. So I'm riding, we get up to speed, doing like 50, you know, get up to speed and I ride it until it starts to feel loose again. And we were talking about this is in crisis management. One of the important factors is to know when to stop. Yeah. And so that you're not taking any risks. And I'm like, we'll go a few miles, pull over. Thankfully, Scotty brought a battery powered, not battery powered, but um, it plugs into the plugs into the bike's battery. Yeah, yeah. Which it's slow, you know, but we pump it up some more. So we did this about three or four times. Yeah. I'd ride a few miles Mm. until it felt soft, pull over, get it to about 20 Mm. pounds of pressure. The interesting thing, it would go down to five pounds of pressure and then stop. So I think there wasn't enough pressure to keep pushing it through the hole. Anyhow, hmm. we got to a little... So it, stayed on the so wheel, it never so came off the wheel. Yeah. 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 Stayed beaded. And yeah. we kept doing this until we got out to the main road where there's a general store that sold Fix-A-Flat. Oh, Downtown yeah. Pasinas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now it's put some Fix-A-Flat in. Now we can see there's a hole and do the same thing. Repeat. Now we have to still go... From Pacings up to Hollister is the next goal. Get up to Hollister and it's the same thing. Pull over after a while and put some more air in. And we get to Hollister and I was like, should I try and go home? But looking at the tire and it was almost thread all the way around by this point. (laughs) And I realized, yeah, we're not going to be limping this all the way to Santa Cruz. So I call in Hollister Power Sports, our friends over there. There you go. Hey, what are the chances you have this size tire? They have it. I'm like, hey, can you put it on right now? They're like, get over here. Oh, wow. That's That's awesome. Put some more air in. Take off. That's rad. Make it to Hollister Power Sports. They changed it for me like that. Got a brand new tire. So shout out to them because not a lot of shops carry all the sizes of tires anymore. It is quite a common size. And I mean, I carry... I always have in stock 120 fronts and 180, 190 Yeah, it's like a 180, 50, 17, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so they had a good tire. And then Scotty and I get to just go around and look at bikes. They had such a great assortment of Indians. That was yes. so fun to see all it's of the It's two Indians. halves of the shop. Yeah. The Indian side and then the other side that is like dirt Honda, Honda, Kawasaki. KTM. KTM. No. Mm, yeah, they used to. Yo, no. Hollister Power Sports is... I no. didn't see very much orange oh, stuff. Oh, I'm thinking no. Gilroy Power Sports. Oh, yeah, you're thinking yeah, yeah, Gilroy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Hollister's yeah, right. Indian, and I think they still do Honda, Honda. Kawasaki. Honda, Kawasaki yeah. They do the 
Is it just Honda and Kawasaki? I thought they had Yamaha they and Polaris. Those. They might have yeah. some smaller stuff. They do the side by side. No, Honda too. Kawasaki. They do have some side by side. That's like cool. That. They yeah. stoked you out, though. Got you back. And then on the we, road. we helped sell, <laughs> sell a, uh, a Honda Scrambler. <laughs> there was a couple there looking to buy a bike. They went with the uh, the other one, not the Scrambler. Oh, the Rebel? The yeah. Rebel. Oh, they did? Mm-hmm. Rebel 500. Um, and they are going to be stoked. Yeah, we're, we're just like. Oh yeah, you should get that. And there was a salesperson there. It's just like, what are you two doing? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I want—I got a question going back to the fix a flat hole thing. Yeah. So I was just talking to a friend of mine who commutes into work, uh, experienced rider, um, rides a Concourse One Thousand into work like an hour and a half every day. So, and is always dealing with flats. Comes in from the East Bay, and there's a product he started using that he's digging. That is, you put it in your tire. And it's it's oh, a, the beads. It's a puncture sealer, yeah. but it also will balance your tire. The, I think it's the yeah, beads. Lots, no, there's lots of like sealants, a moose? sealants on the market. But it's like a sealant yeah. plus a balancer, and I'm like, is that a good thing? And so he's like, so far it's great. Well, the sealant's going to do that no matter what. The sealant's going to act like beads. It'll be a, like a, it's a fluid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of those. Because I always, I always it'll it'll unbalance your wheel. I was thinking about that, that too. I think it matters. How, but apparently, uh, how like if it gets really is. cold out and the bike sits for a while and then it's a big lump of this stuff on one side of the wheel, maybe. <laughs> okay, I don't know. He, but like I said, he can yeah, get you home. And he's, he's digging it, but you know, and if it's working for him, it's working for from him. a you know from a mechanic standpoint. You know, yeah. I I always tend to be rather skeptical in like snake oil, right? And you can't, yeah. you know, you have to mechanically balance a, a motorcycle tire and blah 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 blah. But you know, if it works for him, that's just great. Um, it was interesting. Look at the bikes. Did you know that the Eliminator is back? How big? Kawasaki? 500. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's the Kawasaki really Eliminator. Good little yeah. 500. Look, uh, I think a good competitor for the Rebel 500. Still a cruiser? Uh, yes, well, but, but kind of tall. It's a tall Eliminators cruiser. really never were cruisers. I mean, they were their own thing. Cruiser. You know, it kind of occupied the same space as VMAX. You know, a VMAX is its own thing. Right. So, and the Eliminators, and to a certain extent, the, like the Diablo, um, Diablo's the, the Magna. Yeah. Well, but the it's just mag- a 500cc. The Magma. Here's, here's <laughs> where, where I placed it. So this couple was looking at the Rebel 500 and then the Scrambler 500. I'm going to have a look at the Kawasaki Eliminator. Which is basically the, the Rebel with just high pipes. And then... But, but you know, taller seat. Mm-hmm. And the Eliminator just kind of fell right in between. It looks kind of like halfway in between, like, yeah, uh, uh, you know. The, it was like halfway in between a cruisery kind of thing and a between, UJM yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it was great. Well, that's, all, that's the place that Eliminators always were. Yeah. I mean, if you think about Joanne's Eliminator, who used to come down here, mm-hmm. it was basically a funny little cruiser thing with flat handlebars and a sport bike engine. That's what an eliminator yeah. is. Oh, let's have a look at that. Yeah. That's not a bad but yeah, I didn't know thing. that they brought that back. So mm-hmm. that was a cool bike. And they had the um, the Honda 150, the is it XL 150. Oh, I like X- it. XR? X- X- XL the street I, legal. The one I was sitting on? No, the, I like that. The street legal one. The one I was sitting on? With the little luggage rack yeah. thing on the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was an XL. Yeah, and the ADV 150 scooter, which is so tempting. But Scotty mm-hmm. was not tempted <laughs> at all. I kind of like the Eliminator better than the Rebel. Yeah. I do. Yeah, right? It's a good-looking bike. Trellis frame I think it's a better-looking bike. It's it's sort of, you know, I find the Rebel's kind of a little short and squat. That's got some yeah. nice length to yeah, it. Yeah, it's almost a JDM, really. 
Yeah, almost. Well, and then after that, we went and had tacos and then came home. was home by like four, so. Sounds good. Yeah, we, we, we took some fun roads on the way home, too. What yeah, flavor? Exactly. Flav- oh, yeah, we did that dirt road. We did that one time coming from San Juan Batista, mm-hmm. where you don't take 129, but instead you go on the other side of the quarry of the river, and mm-hmm. you're just taking these that back roads. Mm-hmm. Past the quarry yeah, from okay, yeah. San Batista to Aromas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Yeah, in between there, like whatever San Juan. But just road more good roads yeah. of like, let's, so which cool. way do you want to go? Um, but nice. uh, I didn't tell you, Scotty, what happened after that. So came home and <clears throat> had a an hour or two before I was going to head over to Warden Winnie Mike's. He invited Nock and I over to watch the fights in his garage, and so I just left the bike out out in the parking lot. I'm like, I'll just take the bike there. Didn't look at the weather. Didn't realize when I came out to leave, it was raining. But And I had just put on, like, jeans and sneakers, you know? But then I'm like, I'm committed. So what? I want to get back on the bike. I want to get back on the bike. Dang. So I just hopped back on the bike in the rain. I'm like, how long does it take to get to Mike's? Well, turns out, in the rain, it's really hard to see. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I didn't know Mike's address, but I'm like, I know it's just past the firehouse, oh, and then yeah. you look for yeah, like the van or something. <laughs> but anytime there was a car coming, I was absolutely blinded. <laughs> Couldn't see. And so I go, and I pass the firehouse, and then I keep going. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Sh- I got to Hidden Valley Road. I'm like, pretty sure it's too far. <clears throat> Turn around, come back. And I come back, and I'm getting blinded by cars again. And I get back to the firehouse, and I'm like... <sighs> How did I miss it again? And so I call him, what is what is your address? And then I made the mistake of lifting up my visor to nope. try and see and yep. got my glasses yeah. wet. Now I'm blind on top of blind. And once again, I'm blinded by a car. So it turns out he had ordered pizza and the pizza guy couldn't find the address. So he's going back and forth <laughs> and just turning like it around you. just like oh, at God. the opposite. So he's the one who kept blinding me. Every time I was passing the house. And then the last time he was parked in front of the driveway and I was blinded and passed it. Uh huh. So I finally made it. But he's like, What's wrong with you? Riding in the rain. I'm like, You know, biker shit. Like, I just wanted to get back on the bike. I had a good ride today. I was just feeling it. I didn't care about getting wet. So that's the end of my. My day, so that was that was that was a fun ride. But I also really enjoyed knowing that Scotty's a great person to problem solve with, you know, mm-hmm. and to get out of something. And just because you have something like a flat tire doesn't mean it's a damper on the ride. I think we both kind of perked up, like, "Ooh, new adventure!" Right. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned it yesterday. <laughs> uh, our uh, patron saint of adventure, Roald Amundsen, was the one who said, "Adventure is what happens when something goes wrong." Exactly. Um, I want to do, because Jim, I know you're going to leave soon. Mm-hmm. I want to do the game. Yeah, yeah. Because. <clears throat> I was just sending you and Emma a link to that tire sealant well, balancer we got, thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. That. No, I always love to look at these things and and figure out what it's made of and why it does I'm what it does. I'm skeptical too, but. All right, mm. we got a couple games to do, so let's do both of them. So let's start with the, um, the, um, um, dueling porn pick. Ooh, uh. Everybody get out your porn pick. So, it's been a while since we played this game. Um, Bagel, Raymond, and Emma will be the judges. Unless, Raymond, are you competing or are you judge? I'll judge. I'll judge. All right. So, here's the criteria for the dueling porn pick. We have each gone on to Craigslist or Facebook, whatever. And I think most of us 
find ourselves scrolling through, just seeing what's for sale all the time, right? And uh, yep. I've been noticing prices have come down, and there's deals again. Because for so many years, there weren't deals. We talked about our deals gone. It's just right. some of the past. The deals are back. Deals are back. Deals are back. I think a lot of this is because um, the shops got deliveries and how have surplus of bikes. Right. So there's not as many people buying used bikes. And so the prices have gone down. So here's the criteria. Uh, let's see. John, Jim, Scotty, and I are all competing. We're going to present our bikes. The criteria is $1,500. And that $1,500 must include if there's if it announces that it has back fees due. So this needs to be a clear, or less. clear bike. Yeah, or less. Exactly. And you have to say... Um, why you think your bike because we didn't say best bike for a beginner or best bike for a flipper or a collector or whatever so you need to say why your bike is the best for for that reason and emma is the ultimate arbiter of choice well and and raymond and 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 raymond and bagel and i i will accept bribes uh i'm sure that raymond and bagel are open to bribes as well if you want to be the winner yeah, so I will go first. I'll declare you a winner right now if you give me a crisp 20. What? A who? Uh, a crispy 20. Oh, you're cheap. Okay, I found two different bikes, but I'm going to go with this one. Oh, I don't think I'm going to win, but I'm going to I'm going to hold my ground on this one. I'm State your case, Miss Liza. All right. What I have found here is a 1963 Honda Super Cub 50 cc well you didn't pronounce it right straight away super cub super cub super cub 1963 i believe that this bike is fully in the collectible era now this is not a cheap bike for a a starter rider but this can be some for somebody who likes to collect bikes something you can use around town for fun anyway but this is a piece to piece of history right the super cub definitely 1963 um, they are asking fourteen fifty. Okay, and here's the description. Um, this is an all original from Japan import for United States California one hundred five Super Cub fifty cc three speed automatic old pushrod motor runs great. Clean title, hmm. in very good shape, good tires, and everything works original with the turn signals that are rare. So this is a complete. Wow. And it has 1,300 miles on it. Wow. And it is brown. And I think All this right. is a that great is entry for a collectible. Poo. Somebody wants to have a vintage bike. Pooh Brown. In Pooh Brown. That is easy to work on. Can I show you that? You can. Yeah, can you send me the link, Liza? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what, what, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of condition is it in? Actually, it's in great shape. Yeah. Is it running. so clean? Yeah, this is running complete. Because those go for what about four grand U.S. dollars if they're um, looking really good. I think if it's like about museum 50, colony, though. Nah, no, not bad, not quite that much. I mean, and this is history, motorcycle history, the Super Cub. This is, is. this is cheap because it's a terrible color. <laughs> I think the red and white is more common, or the blue and white, right? Oh, the, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen a couple of all white ones, which are spectacular. But for yeah, like fifteen hundred dollars, you can mm. get a running complete. Vintage bike that is easy to wrench on, and also you can still get parts for it. Right. 
Okay. So that is rust, but. No, that that is my pitch. The, you're right. The the drawback oh. though is that it'll only do thirty miles an hour. <laughs> well, but yeah, I'll send you the link, Bagel. Next. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everyone send your links to Bagel so he can review. Next. Okay. Thank you. All right. Who's next? Jim, you want to go? All right. Sure. Mine. Uh, I think it's a. Let's see. What is it that looks like a handsome gray touring suitcase at one time? And a mighty attractive piece of transportation at the other. <laughs> Give How up. can you not win? Give up. Well, if you didn't know, already, it's a centaur. What? So has what? anyone heard of what? a centaur? Rings a bell. So 1960 Centaur FS3 folding scooter. Oh, folding wow. scooter. Ooh, Bagel's going to love that. Now, I probably have seen one of these before. 49cc Clinton engine. Do you know anything about the Clinton engines? I don't. Yeah. I'm more familiar with it, the Obama. It, it did not <laughs> have a relationship with that woman. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so this is... Um, I guess yeah, does it leave a stain on your dress? I can pass it around. I'll pass it around in a second. So anyway, <laughs> 1960 Centaur FS3 folding scooter. I don't know if you can oh. see that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want classic wow. vintage also. Yeah. Very cool. Here, Ray, very Ray, cool. can you read that? That is very cool. Ray, can you read the description? Oh, super rare 1960 Centaur FS3 folding scooter. Built to be used by private aircraft pilots. Scooter folds into a rolling suitcase. Pilots would load the suitcase in their private plane, land at remote airstrips, assemble the scooter, and ride into town. Clinton motor runs but needs a crank seal. Super unique, nice condition. Come on, just a crank seal. Anyway, it just caught my eye because it looked like a fun thing. It was kind of unique. I hadn't seen it before. You know, and if you're going to start selling drugs in Colombia, you can pack it in your plane apparently quite easily. (laughs) But uh, I I just like it was it was it was under you know it's a project kind of thing obviously, but it was under fifteen hundred and it just looked fun, something quirky like yeah, fuck it, why not? All right. And how much are they asking? Fourteen fifty. All right. Looks like Bagel's interested. John, you want to go? Sure. Uh, for your consideration, I have a. <clears throat> so, and I'll tell you why I picked this one. This is the one of the ultimate. Oh, come on, spit it out, man. <laughs> come on. Cat, all right, all right, all right. Cat got your tongue. 1973. Oh, another. Suzuki. 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 TS 185. Okay. So it's. Uh, Okay, a little little dirt bike. It's a little dirt bike. It's uh, this uh, guy's. It needs to be. Fi- it runs, but the motor is currently out, and the motor comes with it. Motors, <laughs> it's the motor ice. And, and I know it runs because he has a video up here of it running. So uh, well, yeah, the videos. The, the videos it. dated nineteen seventy five. It's a home movies of my grandpa riding it when he was a young man. There's a small problem with us uh, the crack in the oil pan, but JB Weld will fix it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Very good. So why I like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a, a detailed, a, a, sli- a slightly roached seat, but we won't. Okay. Detailed duct tape will fix that. Detailed oh. stopping. <laughs> But this is the ultimate vintage motorcycle days ride right here. I mean, cra- cruising around mid Ohio with can this. I, can yeah. I see it? CP no seat everywhere. <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> it's seven. <laughs> I didn't say the price. Seven fifty. Oh. Well, that gives you plenty. Mm. That gives you plenty of money. Plenty of budget. I don't know. I mean, I like it. I know for seven fifty. <laughs> 
probably could walk away with it for 400 Very cool. Maybe. All right. What do you think? Do you want to say it? Any more? I've got one. I think we're just doing one. All right. Yeah, go for it. All right. All right. And do you know how to send it to Bagel? No. Okay. (laughs) I can show it to you. Okay. Um, All right. Is it Craigslist? It is Craigslist. All right. Uh, I'll try and look that up. All right. What did you find? I have found a 1962. (laughs) We're all going... Wow, I thought... Yeah, we all found yeah. old ones. Yeah. Uh, Honda 305 Dream. <gasps> I oh. saw that. Yeah. Nice. It looks fun. For $1,250, they're selling a complete running clean title. Hmm. Ooh. Uh, Honda 305 <clears throat> Dream uh, with a bunch of extra parts. <laughs> wow. That are not pictured, <laughs> like a tank. And where is it located? Is this uh, Fresno? Uh, Half Moon Bay. Oh, oh close. look at that. Oh, yeah. There's one in Fresno bad. for 1400 Wow. Maybe that one this, comes with the tank in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 1200 1250 Cool. Not yeah. a bad deal. Running, titled, clean. That's pretty sweet. Can I see that, please? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that one, so I can't send it to you, Bagel. All right. So that's interesting because... Yeah, I, I, I went vintage just thinking collectible, but I was looking at like sport bikes and cruisers, and we all seem to go vintage. So I think it's really going to come down for you guys to decide best investment. Would you say? I don't yeah. think anyone's really buying yeah. the, a vintage bike for use. Like you, John, you're not pitching that dirt bike so you can go out to Hollister on it, right? No, but I wouldn't. It's having a piece of history, right? I'd, I'd ride it around a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, piece of history. You can have fun yeah. and invest and maybe yeah. fix up and, yeah, and, fun, something fun and to tinker on. on it and yeah. wrench on it and maybe even restore it a little bit more. So they're all under 1500 Emma, do you need a recap? No. Um, oh, well, do you need to get Bagel and, and Raymond's uh, opinions? Or have you made up your mind? No. <laughs> no. Uh, no what? <laughs> no, I mean, um I know what I'm kind of leaning towards. Me too. Um so I'll go through the two I know I know the two that I'm rejecting. Um Uh-oh. And I think Bagel will agree. Um but feel free to chime in. Um Oh, I think I'm still in it. as much as i like the dream that is rough yeah and i have i have seen bikes Mm. that come out of half moon bay and that (laughs) thing is going to be far uglier than it looks in the picture it's hard to tell from the picture just how bad it is yeah Yeah, they only have one picture it's one picture it's a distant (laughs) shot yeah as funky a bike as that is it's never going to be something that you'd be able to truly enjoy because it'd look like mm. hell. No, oh, I always look for those ads that have like one bad picture. It's grainy. It's from far yeah, away. Right. Things are misspelled because <laughs> if you go, if I go to the trouble to actually go and look at it, there's You're a gonna one get in ten chance it's way better than it looks on the internet. I don't think it's that bike. Do you agree with me? I agree. Yeah. What do you think, Bagel? Well, well, Jim didn't send me the link. I, I was going to say that, oh, that Dream sounded like a pretty good deal. Well, the, but, this is the uh, Dream oh, oh, I'm we're sorry. talking about. Well, Scotty. Wait, 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 wait. Who, said, who had the Dream? Me. Scotty. Scotty. Scotty did. 
Scotty, okay, so I didn't get the link for the dream, but no, the dream is pretty rough, you're saying, Emma? Yeah, it's ugly. Um, it's impossible. Mm. Okay. And the same, really the, the same applies to that TS-180. <laughs> my God. Oh, don't kick yeah, out that, my that, TS. That, that, um, <laughs> the, Suzuki, the Suzuki is definitely a project. It's a, uh, so we're left it, with... It, 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 I think I think it has the potential to be a good bike, and that's not a bad deal for seven fifty. You might be able to get them down. No, like I was going to say you might even you get, get it for it five or five hundred, and then throw you a bit of money it at five. it. Yeah, yeah. But we're left with the two. Mm-hmm. And sixty three super cub. So we'll Dude, mine goes in an the airplane. We'll <laughs> How do you beat and that? And you can put your clothes in it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we're left with the super cub. Mm-hmm. Or the, the centaur. The centaur. Can I make another pitch? What? I, I think that the centaur is gimmicky and interesting, but not going to be in a museum. Not historically significant. Well, not historically like, significant. Yeah, no, the super god is historically yeah, significant. Yeah. Hang on. It doesn't have to be historically significant <clears throat> to be a good use of $1,500. Yeah. But. Well, well, well. First of all, it's not even fifteen and hundred; it's fourteen fifty, <laughs> <laughs> and it you know the, there's room where you might be able to negotiate down. You might be able to get it for twelve. Yeah, and you know uh, it you know can't use mites in a competition. Right now, it needs a crank seal, and yeah. you know there might be other seals that it needs to. Right. You never know. But, but essentially, that is that's a lawnmower engine. It, it is, but it would be awesome to have that at in Ohio. And I'm, I'm kind of, I hate and, to say this, I'm, I'm with Bagel, and I don't know how you feel, Raymond. And, and here's the thing: if you wanted to, you could, you could buy that probably for twelve hundred. Take it to Mid Ohio and more than double your money. That's you know, true. Easy, but Easily. even even without that, as much as I like the cup, if you show up. I'd say, here's the, here's the arbiter. If if you show up at the Hollister Rally and you show up on the Cub, people are going to go, there is a poo brown Honda Cub. And that's the end of that. If you show up on that Centaur. Right. What is that? Totally. Tell me all about it. I'm going for the, see, cent- yep. I'm going for the Centaur. And see, that's because everybody it, sees that. But suitcase. I tell you what, <laughs> for, for the different reason, for... If that cub was a better color, mm-hmm. it would be a no-brainer. But mm. that's number one. That's why it's mm-hmm. so cheap. And number two, why mm. it hasn't sold. If that was a black one or a white one or a blue one or, a, or certainly a red one, it would have sold like <clears throat> that. And how hard would it be or how expensive yeah, would yeah, it be to paint it? Color. Well, I think now it becomes pretty... Yeah. I don't think it's particularly expensive, but well, then you've got too. to be careful. It stops being an original bike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it has more value, you know, because of the originality for so, somebody who's interested in that. Right. So, you know, so it's 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 kind of an Achilles heel and not. But but the, the thing, too, is that because it's a 50cc, I think that does also limit its value. It, it does yeah, a little true. bit because, yeah. you know, when I when I bought the Thunderbird, I looked at quite a few of them. And I can tell you that back in the early 60s, these cars came in some pretty wacky colors. Not good colors either. And unfortunately, it (laughs) seems like the bad colors are the ones that lasted. And I saw one and I really liked the car. 
but it was the color of rice pudding. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I told the guy that, mm. and I said, I love your car, but I don't think I can live with the color. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> he said, I've always hated the color of this car, but I keep it around because it's original. And, you know, it would have been the easiest thing in the world to paint it beautiful metallic blue or white or something. But then it wouldn't be original. And it's going to be the same with that Cub. That is a poo brown Honda Cub, and it is always going to be a poo brown Honda Cub. But that Centaur. That suitcase will do 40 miles an hour. <laughs> a 40 cool. mile an hour suitcase. <laughs> you don't right. even need a license. So you could get in. Against Knox Nightmare. <laughs> you could get into Dices with Yamaha C3s, beat them and go, <laughs> oh, suck on my tailpipe, <laughs> No, I like it just for the sheer unusuality yeah. of it. Uh, just yeah. the novelty. Yeah. Just, you got to go to Crenshaw really cool. to get it. But <laughs> where is Crenshaw? Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, yeah. congratulations, Jim. Ah, no, okay. but I, I, they were all great choices in their own right. The TS would have been great fun, and you know what? Mm-hmm. Just mechanically doing a, a an old three hundred five dream and just tooling around on it as a rusty old dream would be quite good. Fun. Just, just curious, I'm now. I can see you won. My my other option would I have had a shot with this brightly colored FCR six hundred R? Oh God, yes. Let me see that thing. <laughs> see, that's all. Because it's that. it's nineties, right? You out of here, Jim? Uh, I'm taking off. Yes. All right. See ya. See you, Jim. <laughs> Adios, Bye, Jim. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the same on the same vein of uh, second choices, would I have had a shot with a sixty nine <laughs> Harley Davidson scooter? Oh. Wait, that's oh, what topper? the topper is. No, no, this one's not a topper. Oh, what is it? It's a 1969 Harley Davidson scooter. It comes with a front tire. <laughs> doesn't have a back See? one. Doesn't have a seat. It's a project for thirteen hundred dollars in oh. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I, I didn't know they made another scooter. Oh, uh, this what might be something that, that is misidentified. Yeah. Who knows what this is thing it is? Naramaki or something? Wait, it's not Maybe? the golf cart. The Harley Davidson golf cart. I saw uh, somebody listed a like Harley Davidson like golf cart. Motorcycle to me. Then like toss it. Ooh, yeah, toss. Uh, this is on Craigslist. Uh, it is. Yes, it's on Craigslist oh. in Cordelina. Bagel. It looks kind of like your uh, moped. Is it a three wheeler? No, no, it is a two wheeler, and it looks like a bicycle with a gas tank, but like a woman's. Um, Ooh, step through, step through with a gas tank bolted on. It is on. also the best color. Poo brown. Here, pound that to is that poo brown too? It, it is. Trade, it's trade, very, very here. poo brown. Take a look at that. Ugh. So this was my alternate. <laughs> oh God, it is. Isn't all it? right, all right. Poo brown. So I also got a 2004 KTM 520 for 1500 bucks. Oh, really? What's wrong with it? Let's go. It says fair, <laughs> yeah. con- good to fair condition. It needs a new uh, home. Haven't been riding, but it's good and fast. Uh, it's in Santa Cruz, too. Emma, what is that? Who is it? Do we I'll know see. that? It's not a scooter, uh, Darren right. Michael the, the, Tashi. The Harley? Uh, I like that. I like that, Harley, I like I that little Harley, Harley Davidson. That thing's cute as a bugsy. Yeah, I, I think that's a Harley Hummer. I think that's what that is. Oh. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, um, getting on to the next subject, I wanted to share something. It's It's hard to talk about... But I know that people appreciate when you will talk about things that are hard to talk about. Your explosive diarrhea? No, <laughs> yours. Um, 
Is that from the seafood tower? <laughs> <laughs> it's the sea bugs flying out. Incidentally, I've got to share this because I think it is the greatest story in the world. Did you hear, and this is absolutely true, that the spearmint rhino in uh, Gentleman's Club in Fresno was <laughs> one of the pole dancers during a performance dropped a nine-inch log on the stage. <laughs> Uh, and instead of ending her career, the demand has gone through the oh, no. I think it is the greatest thing. And her career has absolutely <laughs> taken off. And she's become the most requested stripper in the whole club. What her. news channel do you watch? Yeah. How do you find these stories? I don't know. They just appear on my news feed. But it is, it's like, I went to Snopes and it's verifiable. It, it actually happened. That is a Cinderella story if oh I've ever heard God. one. Oh, isn't That's that great? Yeah. Imagine having a burrito and like, oh, halfway through your performance. <laughs> You've become the most... So obviously request- she's a going commando. Yes. Oh, 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 well, I think that's a prerequisite. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Okay. okay. Carry on, Liza. So, yeah. So something that um, was in my mind recently, um, when Scotty first asked me, do I want to go for a ride? And first said, do you want to go to Hollister Hills? And I was like, well, I haven't ridden the uh, dirt bike in a while. And I just didn't feel it i didn't feel like that's something that my my body wanted to do and i actually got me thinking about this and wondering if my dirt riding days are behind me because mm. you should be excited to go riding right oh my god emma are you looking at pictures of poos no i was just Strippers. i was showing that <laughs> i am spilling, the article spilling my heart and you're laughing <laughs> at scat news <laughs> Spill your heart, Liza. Come on, it's a nine-inch dirt. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, but I started wondering, like, I wonder if my dirt days are behind me. And as as becoming somebody who's aging, I'd always thought I'll right. always ride, always ride, and never thought about not wanting to ride. Well, you just you become on, yeah. So I don't want you beating yourself up too much over this yet. But anyway, carry on. And I just thought. You know, um, dirt bike dirt biking is not as much fun because I just there's more risk of falling, and just to, tipping over, I'm more likely to be injured now. Yes, that's right? true. <clears throat> and I and I just was really thinking about that. I'm like, wait, do I want to be that person who's just not enjoying riding and and backing off on types of riding already? Just I don't ride as aggressive. I don't go into corners as fast. My because my gut goes like huh and turns and i'm like where did this come from that's a normal part this of is aging. part of aging and this is part of your survival instincts but my head is like whoa what was that what what's going on and my gut's like yeah slow down my head's Wait, like which what bike are you riding liza huh which bike are you riding well just on any of my bikes i my gut doesn't like the feeling of leaning into the turn anymore but mm. my head is like, what? You've done this for decades. You know the tire can hold. What's the problem? And I get into this this argument between my head and my gut, right? right. And mm. so I was just thinking about that. And I'm like, wow, is, is this the type of thing that you need to push through? And do you fight it? Or as you're becoming an aging rider, do you just accept these things? I think there's a and- third option. 
What's that? Which is? So I think the third option is to really use it as a wake-up call to make sure that you are using all your faculties to their greatest advantage. Um, There are things that happen to you when you get older, and there's absolutely no way of getting around it. Your reaction time slows down. Your eyesight, your ability to differentiate between depth perception, um, light and dark, does change. Um, as you as you get older, your eyes basically become darker. You need more light to perceive details in any current situation. Your body is actually changing. I mean, you know, yeah. your your upper body and lower body strength is changing. But interestingly enough, riding on a flat tire. I was completely comfortable with riding blind in the dark with wet glasses. I was completely comfortable with that. You know, it's like. Which leads me to believe that your problems actually aren't fear based. I mean, they're based in the reality of being older. My writing has changed Mm. as I've gotten older. And a couple of years ago, um, really after I wrecked that trident. I had a long talk with myself and I said, look, what what can you do? What can you do well and what can't you do? And I altered my writing to suit what it, what I could do better, best and tried to eliminate what I couldn't do. And as you will see, I'm not a slow rider, but I actually ride in a very, very different methodical way now. And I plan it. Yes, I've got the same, nig- you know, niggling feeling as you, that if I wreck at a high speed, yeah, there's a very good chance I'm not going to make I'm it out the other side. I'm more afraid of a low speed than a high speed. <laughs> right. Well, low speeds hurt plenty. Either um, way. <laughs> but I think you should use it rather than just say, oh, you know, woe is me. Just say, okay, let's review what I'm good at. Well, that's why I'm trying to figure out if this is a type of thing where do I, I need to just go take a class and refresh and get confidence back, or do I just accept it? But also where um, it was really bothering me is it's part of my identity of doing all these types of writing. And to, to say to myself, like, yeah, I'm probably not going to go on a track again. I don't see that happening. I sold the adventure bike because I'm like, yeah, I don't think adventure riding is for me. And I kind of whittling down. I will tell you the one thing that seems more appealing to me now is long distance riding. There you go. So focus on that. Long distance yeah. riding. I am more than happy just sitting Let, in the seat and slabbing it. Let's do another LA trip very soon. Yeah. Well, but I wonder too, and I wonder too if Ray Ray may be going through something similar because Ray Ray the other week. You said something to me. Yeah, no, I think I think it is very similar. I think to me, what prompted the the sort of the the angst was well, one my crash in in Baja two years ago, right. where I busted my knee and it took a long time to recover. You crashed uh, your your, your GS, GS and you I got, got a GS new one. Adventure and I and I got a new one immediately because I always thought that. You know, that's the best way to deal with it is to just go back but up on the horse. I remember that crash vividly, right? Because it wasn't just the physical damage. I mean, your 
self-confidence took a pounding as yeah, well because yeah, you really felt you were out of your depth. Yeah. And I don't think you were. I think you were with a, with the wrong group of people. Um, but nevertheless... Well, but just to put to it in contrast, the, the people that I was... I mean, most of the people I was with uh, were very accomplished riders and they had no problem riding the deep sand like I did. So that, that already kind of put me at ill ease that mm. why... Why wasn't I able to do it? Particularly that a few months before I did the Moab trip with my 690 and I was doing fine in the sand. So I thought I had, sand has always been my nemesis and I thought I had overcome that. But then I had this crash and it was two crashes actually. It was one on the left, one on the right, just following each other. So until the bike pretty much, I mean, my foot gave up and I couldn't ride the bike anymore. So anyway, so there was that. Then I got rear-ended on my sidecar three months later, and I wasn't injured, but my dog died, and the sidecar yeah. got got destroyed. And so that also kind of reinforced this. Can, uh, can yeah. I jump in? So you have uh, – how many bikes do you have? Right now, three. <clears throat> All right, so you have the Ural. Yeah. You still have your BMW GS. Still you still have, have your GS 690 Enduro. And what's and the, the other Vespa. bike? The Vespa. Uh, the Vespa, Okay. But the bike that you always show up on is the GS. Yeah, I mean... The, and uh, your gear yeah, and all the accessories, like, you're the adventure guy. Well, I, I mean, I've been doing adventure riders since the 90s, before there was even a, a term for it. And I mean, so, you know, so I was wondering if if your, your identity is an adventure rider, and when you said, I don't know, I was thinking maybe selling my GS, and is that hard for you to say i'm not the adventure guy anymore yeah no so so you i was know? yeah i was struggling with that i mean yeah but and the, the other thing is i was in my mind i was an adventure rider but it was always something that i was kept postponing like you know i was gonna get more training i was uh gonna have more time to do these international rides mm -hmm. maybe go down to south america i listen to Adventure Rider Radio, I read all the the motorcycle traveler books and stuff like that, and it keeps getting postponed and postponed. And then all of a sudden, I realized, well, hold on a second here. I'm getting older. My knees are in pain. My back is in pain. I don't think I can do this. You know, so the the postponing part was actually not a good thing. Instead of doing these rides when I was younger, I kept thinking, oh, it's going to happen in the future. And now the future is here, and I'm just realizing, well, I might not be fit enough. Well, no, hang on. Can like I that. turn that around? Sure. Because you found yourself in the company of very accomplished, very fast riders. Yeah. I mean... And... Maybe rather than say, I am not an adventure rider anymore, choose your company a little more carefully. Well, sure. I mean, this was not something that I did on purpose. It's just no, a, no, you know, like a company happened. that I hired and it, it so happened. No. And I'm not, I mean, I don't ride over my limit. I am a, a very defensive rider. So right. I wasn't riding very fast, which in that case might not have been the right thing but I to think do. It, but I think it was uh, the conditions that you found yourself in. And, you know, I see it as a chain of circumstances of being in this, a group which may not have been the best group for you in road conditions that have proven to be your nemesis yeah and yourself being put in a in a not great 
state of mind. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know because I mean, I've crashed before off road. I mean, so I've, I've off roaded for a long time, and I've, I've had many crashes, and none of them, for some reason, impacted me like this. And and I think the way I look at it is maybe it is age, you know, and because then I got the new GS and I I started riding it off road. Uh, and every time I go on it, it feels like this huge elephant that I'm on. That this thing that, you know, I can't control. That if I lose in a fraction my my focus and I something mm-hmm. happens quickly that I won't be able to get it back under control. So that's the thing that always goes through my mind. When I'm on the 690, it's it not, doesn't feel as bad. I'm, I'm going to let a secret... <clears throat> um, let out a secret... And it, it's a hell of a thing to say, um, but it's absolutely true. And anybody who says otherwise is a damn liar. As you know, I used to drive very, very large buses. Mm-hmm. And these are the big 60-seat, three-axle buses. 80 miles an hour, fast lane. Any driver, no matter how experienced they are, only has tentative control over those things. Yeah. And you can be the greatest driver in the world, but when things go south, you're done. Yeah. Because yeah. there is so little control yeah. over yeah. them. You it's almost like the the elephant analogy is is fine. You're sitting on this incredibly fast elephant yeah and it's great as long as you're doing what elephants do which is plod along yeah, yeah, yeah. but if it stumbles if it turns if it twists there's no I, going back from that i think your your comment about who you ride with is important no um, and i think so i think all you need to do is as you get older ray you need to um Pick the terrain you ride in carefully. Do your research. Mm. Say, look, I mean, if if it's heavy sand, let's pick another trip. Yeah. yeah. Well, or I think your elephant analogy carries because riding a big heavy GS in sand is a very different thing than yeah, riding your absolutely. 690. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. Well, yeah. and I was going to say, you know, I'm not as psyched about like going to ride dirt. Even just riding the gravel is fun exploring. <coughs> but just every turn, my body's like, huh, huh. But then my mind is like, this is so cool. We're exploring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, cow, and this is great. My body's like, oh, oh, hill, so, you know. But when I'm in Pakistan riding those little bikes. Yes, yeah, they're confidence-inducing. I don't have any issue yeah. at all. Well, yeah, 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 and yeah. I ride those things like a goat up the hills, and I go and I look for the <laughs> hairpin turns, and I love riding on the edge of the cliff because the smaller bike, I don't have any of those those fears or issues. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I meant when I said I might right. sell the GS. The reason was sell it to get something that's Just lighter. a tiny bit yeah. smaller. Now... Let me run something by you. You know me as well as anybody else, Liza. Yeah. And you've been on rides with me many, many times. Why do you think I have Rufus in my garage and not an old GS1000 or a KZ1000 or a KZ1300? Why do you think that is? I mean, GS1000 is far more of my identity or a GS1150. It's far more of my identity than Rufus. I assume you're just attracted to the bike. You're motosexual. It's probably a little more controllable and better 
You got it. Mm. Yeah. Do I really want to fight <coughs> a 600-pound right. monster? Right. Rufus, it's, it's lighter weight. It's easier to control. Mm. It's got plenty of power. It's got all the things, and it's an easier package for me yeah. to, to manage as a 62-year-old woman than sitting on an old fire-breathing monster from the 70s yeah. where every ride you're fighting it. Well, I mean, so after, I mean, I, I think I have my dates correct, but after I crashed in Baja, I did the Nepal trip on a Himalayan 450. And, probably and we did some time. gnarly, gnarly stuff mm-hmm. and no issues whatsoever, you know. So what did you learn? What, what have you learned from this is r- rather than just say, OK, this is it. Company you keep. Make yeah, sure, sure. Terrain. Yeah. Horses and just horses. Yeah. Well, choose a motorcycle. I mean, there's not much that is larger than a GS. I mean, unfortunately, through circumstances for, I'm not sure whether it's for Castles and Curves or the Dolomites trip, they've run out of F900Rs. <laughs> so I'm going to be stuck on a 1300 GS. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, well, the 1300 is smaller, and I mean, I have a GSA, so... Yeah, you've got the biggest of the big. big. So, and I think for me, I mean, everything I just explained, the Nikon has been great, because it is confidence building, and I can go back and be a little more aggressive in the turns and have that confidence. Raymond, I think, yeah, trying another bike, because I think, I don't think that we just overnight change. This is like slowly tapering off where we're going through this change of what we're comfortable doing. So I think changing the bikes that we're on that to compensate for that, just like Emma said with Rufus, it compensates, gives you a little bit easier control. I have you tried the 890? No, I want to. I mean, that is definitely try the 890 adventure. Yeah. yeah. I think it will give you all the feelies and the control with a lot less weight. Um, it, and and if I mean if you tr- truly want to go off road, great. But the eight ninety the the S, right? Um, just for riding on streets. Yeah. And, uh, and again, when I wow. when I mentioned this, I I don't have the <clears throat> the feeling that I have mm-hmm. is not when I'm doing street riding. I don't have any issues with right, street right. riding. Right, right, right. It's only when I hit the dirt yeah. that it kind of. But all the manufacturers happening. know that. I mean, if if the manufacturers didn't know this. There would be no Tenere 700. There would be no Tiger 800 and 900. Yeah. There would be, you know, no, um, I'm trying to think, you know, 890. Yeah. None of these middleweight adventure bikes would exist if the manufacturers didn't know. I mean, these things are a handful. You know, a Tenere is a giant bike. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So there's you know, a lot of it. Uh, Triumph Explorer 1200, 1300 now. Yeah. Monstrous bike. Yeah. So what I like riding with the folks that we ride with, Scotty is certainly one of them, is um, there's no shame in just saying, you know what, I'm tapping out for this section. And, and that's been important oh, for yeah, me absolutely. as I grow. The second is, yeah. you know, I the KLR, I, I get it, but it's I don't care about dropping that thing. Yeah. So it takes away that like, I'm not on a thirty thousand dollar motorcycle. I don't care if I if I just got to drop it. Eh, big yeah, deal. The yeah. DRZ is the same thing. Yeah. So I think what I like is I took away that sort of money component of it. Like shit, if I drop this thing, it's going to cost me a thousand bucks to get it. Yeah. Or I got to pick that thing up. 
Yeah. So <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the biggest. So that's one of the reasons I like sort of what I got right now. Well, and, and just to make clear, I never go off roading by myself on the GSF. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like but a no brainer right there. When you said, sh- you know, I'm thinking of selling it. Uh, I think you should listen to your instincts. Yeah, I think so too. Because that's why, and it got me, your comment got me thinking yeah. and about my situation and like, yeah, your your instincts are changing as you get older. Yeah, I've always and, been a jazz guy. I've had all the jazz. But, I, I mean, but just, that's why I was wondering hard. if you were struggling because of that identity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because the GS guy is a whole identity yeah, yeah. of itself. And it's funny though, because I, like my 1200 jazz, the one that I crashed on, I had bonded with I mean, seriously. I mean, you know how it is. Mm-hmm, There's a bike mm-hmm. and it just, it's your bike and you identify with it. The 1250, it, it's not growing on me. That was part of the other reason. I just, I don't feel that attachment, you know. Well, if you want to keep being the GS guy, would you get a smaller GS? I could. I could. I've always been a boxer fan, though. That's the thing, yeah. you know. Try the triple. Try the Triumph. Yeah. Yeah, I've had the speed triple. I like the Triumph. So. I mean, there's choices. There's the Aprilia, sure Tawari. Yeah. Try the, the 890. Or the, uh, yeah, the, try the, the Moto Guzzi. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, it, this actually parlays into kind of the next topic I wanted to, to bring up. <clears throat> and this came from, I believe it was Motorcyclist.com. Let me double check. They did an interesting article on... Um, Bikes that people regretted owning. Mm. <laughs> Not regretted selling. Regretted buying. Re- yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a few of those. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, bikes that re- people regretted owning. And uh, I'm wondering if anyone here has a bike that they've ever, like, not bonded with, regretted owning. Yeah. Oh, I have. Like, yeah. like, and hmm. you know, there, like, there's a, a, there's a list of like worst bikes ever, um, and we're not necessarily talking about that. I mean, there certainly have been bikes that are on a lot of people's worst bike list, but um, I'm just wondering if everyone here has a bike that they're like just regretted owning. Um, can anyone think yeah. of yeah. one? Yep, my Javel, my Ducati Javel. For oh sure. yeah, the Javel. Yeah. Why, why did you regret that? Well, I still think it's a it's a lovely looking bike. It's a it's a gorgeous bike. You know, I, it's just a very focused bike, and I never felt joy riding it. I felt joy looking at it, but I never felt joy riding it. It was always snatchy at low RPMs. It just really liked open roads and and you know, wide roads. It didn't like being ridden in the traffic and, and stop and go stuff. And because it has such a, it has a small tank, the range was like 100 miles, you know, it wasn't really meant for long distance, but which is what it's really wanted to do. So it was this like an odd bird and it just, I stopped riding it. I mean, I it only had 6,000 miles on it when I sold it and it was like, 10 years old i couldn't sell it took me like six years to sell it so yeah i got two so uh i'm trying to think one is um i I picked up a harley and let me just say if i'm going to say anything these could be wonderful bikes for certain people yeah so this is not a criticism of the bikes per se it's the choice so uh you had an 83 harley and it was it was just it wasn't for me it was underpowered yeah crummy handling good sound (laughs) <laughs> um but it just was uh yeah so i i flipped that as soon as i could uh the other was um probably for a similar reason as your diavel um the r9t 
Oh, really? Love that bike. Love yeah. the boxer engine. Yeah. But very focused. You couldn't take it anywhere. There's no real good way to put any bags on it. Um, it was it was beautiful to look at, but but not like <laughs> something I wanted to. It was just wasn't versatile enough. Yeah. I think that you had that bike when we first hung out. We did. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, funny because I've thought about buying an R90 for a long time, but I, I had the same yeah. sort of restraints about it. And yeah. the roadsters are hard because they're really made for one thing, just for yeah, yeah, zipping around yeah. town or you know. Hmm. Emma, how about you? Um, I have. I've never had a bike I've regretted, and I can say that hand on heart. I, I've always tried to look for redeeming features in motorcycles, even supposedly terrible ones. You know, I'm I'm going to paraphrase actually Archbishop Tutu. And wow, Arch, <laughs> Archbishop, <laughs> only you, Emma. Des, Desmond Tutu, one of his most famous things he said is he said, if you look for the good, things will often seem better. And that's it's very much a paraphrase of what he said. But if you actually look for redeeming features in things, oftentimes the things that you hate kind of get pushed by the wayside. And if you turn that around, you think of somebody you don't like. Yeah. Right? You really dislike this person. You know, they could be in the supermarket buying frozen peas. Look at the way they're buying those frozen peas. I hate that fucker. So it's kind of like the opposite of that. If you look for the smallest amount of good in anything, and I've had some terrible, terrible on paper bikes. Um, I had this lovely thing called a Cossack Voskhod. And a Cossack Voskhod is a um, 175cc twin-cylinder two-stroke made by Soviet bloc in the early 70s. Quality control was not not good. Um, But, you know, it was a charming old thing in its own way. So, you know, I mean... I guess if you work on the bike and you know your way around bikes, that sort of alleviates a lot of these problems. I mean, but motorbikes, by their nature, I, I... I... There is no such thing as a a wretched motorcycle that simply doesn't have any redeeming features. You've just got to look a little harder to find them. Yeah. Well, I, I have I have a half a regret. A <laughs> half. The, the the second C seventy passport that I picked up for free in September. Just because I need the space in my shop. <laughs> 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 So, um, talk to you about that later. I have one. <laughs> sure. So, and Emma, you may remember this. This is a bike that I had lusted after oh, since I, the I, 80s. I know what oh, you're going to say. I think I, think I know too. And oh. a bike that had been on my list for decades. And, you know, when you're younger, there are new bikes that you know you can never afford, but you say, one day I will own <laughs> this, right? <laughs> And uh, that bike was a Kawasaki Concourse. Really? Really? Oh, really? I just thought they were so cool looking. Huh. I thought you were going to say the CX, mm-hmm. the turbo. It's, yeah, it's oh, yeah, no, it's no, no. I never now. regretted buying that. I continued it on its journey. I, I, that, mm-hmm. was, that was okay. No. The, uh, I remember the Concourse. The Concourse 1000, I just thought they were beautiful design bikes. I love the profile. A sport touring bike. It had that little tiny little backrest that was perfectly proportionate. And I had an opportunity years ago when a friend had um, a used one 
that he, he had fixed up. And I had that, my beautiful CB70 Cafe racer with the engine that had been rebuilt improperly that was dead in the water. And so we decided to trade. Right. I'm like, sure, I got a CB750 sitting here. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody remembers <clears throat> seeing that CB. I do. It's gold frame. Yeah, I that was a ground up build that I did, yeah. and then I sent the the motor to somebody who built it and built it wrong and built it wrong and they're tricky yeah. engines to build. Yeah, it was just puking oil out of it, yeah. and then they went out of business. Yeah, of course. Um. Of course. Anyway, so I was like, well, I got this bike it's just sitting in the corner. It looks pretty. I'll trade it for something I can actually ride and check that concourse off my list. Mm. And I went for so I got it. And, well, the first sign was he had fixed it up and he had rattle canned it. Oh. And then I noticed that there were some things held in with drywall screws. Oh. And I'm like, ah. Damn. Yeah, so it wasn't like a great condition. But it was all together and running. And um, a few of us went out for a ride. And I just remember riding and it felt like a whale. Mm. felt heavy. Yeah. It kind of things rattled when I hit bumps and I was just like, (laughs) nope. And I took it back and I disassembled it into pieces and then never really, I started modifying it and then I sold it to someone for 200 bucks. We're going to turn it into a bobber or something. Yeah. I was going to just turn it into some Mad Max machine because I'm like, nope, I I don't like this bike at all. I'm just going to strip it down, (laughs) make it a project bike. And then I never finished it. 200 bucks. Somebody got a, you know, uh, a bike that was in pieces. But for me, that was just one of those bikes that I had lusted after for so yeah. many years. Never rode one. Mm. And then I ride it and I went, nope. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you go, Scotty, yet? No, I was waiting for a bagel. Well, bagel just went. Oh, for, oh bagel for, just went, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a bad bike, but it was the bad, uh, wrong bike for me at the yeah. time. I had a 1989 Yamaha FZR 600. Hmm. Okay. It's a fine bike. Yeah, I got it. It was used. It was a sport bike. I was 19. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the problem. (laughs) You know, I just, it wasn't the right rider for that bike. It wasn't the right bike for me. If there was, you know, one bike that I really think was a mistake, that was that one because I ended up crashing it a bunch of times, Mm, fixing it a bunch of times. Um, I never really got injured badly on it, but yeah, that was a, that was a poor choice. You know, I want to say, Emma, you missed it. We had two new, um, young gentlemen come into the shop today and heard about us. They got some for a year and I was really, I was really proud of them because a lot of people get their first bike. They're they're two, um, you know, UCSC students. Uh A lot of people get their first bike. They try and get something that they think is going to be impress. Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get a gypsum, you know, (laughs) and get a sick gypsum. You know, because they think they need, or I'm gonna get a Harley. You know, they need to like they're buying their way into the cool kids club. Um, These two guys showed up, one on a KTM Duke 200. That's a great little and the other one on a Scarabeo. Oh really? Fifty a Scarabeo (laughs) fifty. Oh, nice. With a nice little, like, yeah. basket on the back, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> they're scary. good little bikes. Oh, yeah. And they both said, yeah, this is their new riders' first bikes. And I'm like, 
proud, I'm proud of you. You both got cool. small bikes that are yeah. just fun to do the job, to get around town. And they're out riding around together on the Duke yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Scarabeo that scooter. That sounds like such a blast. I know. Yeah. And I'm like, this is great. Especially the Duke 200. There's hardly anyone buys it because it's well, it's the kid's bike or it's, yeah. you know, the learner's bike. No, they, they didn't care. They just bought bikes that were appropriate for them for getting around town. And I thought that these are smart. These are smart kids. So that was really cool to see okay. them there. Yeah. Smarter um, than I was. And, and I, I know somebody who rode from Texas to California in a scarabay. <laughs> oh, really? Back in the day. Yes, wow. absolutely. So um, I'm curious um, if there's other riders out there who are, I'm, I'm calling it going through the change. I'm thinking of calling Reg Cottrell, bringing him back down here again. Because yeah. <clears throat> it's hard to... Like, I'm literally, my head is fighting against my, my gut. Like, my comfort levels are changing, and I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. And I'm just... you got to adjust. I'm struggling. Do I just accept that? And, like, you know, what's the end game to. here? When I'm 70, am I going to be on a Rebel 250? <laughs> you know, like, well, but what's, what's the end game? From here it's like a full circle. circle. But yeah. so, so what if you are... Well, yeah, I think that's you'll not, be on that's the Can Am. It's fine. You know what? <laughs> right now, I am feeling like the um, Nikon and the Triumph might be good old age bikes. Yeah, or I think those are bikes Aiken. I can grow old with. I, mean, I, I think I think the Nikon, the Nikon caught me out a couple of times when I rode it um, at very very low speeds, and I thought, bloody hell, this is heavy. The Triumph is just such a darling yeah, thing. It triumph. is so sweet. I'm kind of thinking that's my old yeah. age. Yeah. It, so. it certainly could be. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, let us know if you are, you know, having, uh, I, I'm calling it a crisis of identity, but it is hard, right? You're the a GS guy. <laughs> is is there, you know, what is life like? And, and even, I think even you say, like, the GS twelve or twelve fifty people, GS eight fifty. That's not real, <laughs> you know. That's not part of the real. I mean, well, the GS for me was always the boxer engine. I yeah, mean, that, I know, I know. It's know, part so, of that identity. Yeah. So, like, I'd like to hear from other people if uh, how they've handled it, what they've gone through. You know, I mean, certainly people when they have a child, mm-hmm. a lot of people go through something like that. Like, oh, I got to. Turn it down. It's partly why I bought that eighty three. Mm-hmm. My son was young. Yeah, so yeah, there's. I, I guess. Down. I guess it's interesting to, to look at the evolution of a biker yeah. and as we change and and accepting that you know it's okay, right? If you don't have a GS, you're okay by me. Well, I had I had a stint where I didn't have a stint <laughs> of ten years where I had the nine fifty KTM adventure and then the twelve ninety adventure. So I, I did have that uh, sort of but dry I, desert. Yeah, but I think the scenario you need to avoid, Ray, and to a lesser extent you need to avoid, Liza, is to continue on an unsustainable path and then just get frustrated with the whole exercise and say, I'm done. Yeah, no, I mean... Yeah. And, that, that's, and that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I'm a GS guy, so all I'm going to do is ride boxer engine GSs. Well, that's all well and good. But if you get to the stage where it becomes such an exercise in frustration, you know, you may say, oh, I'm giving up biking. If I can't do the GS, I just, I'm done. Yeah. Well, you can always well, buy a Harley trike. 
Oh, no. <laughs> I can always put a sidecar no, on no. the Listen, jets. Listen, Goldwings no. have horizontally opposed engines, so, you know. There, you can get I a Stella with a sidecar, too. I have a trikey since I was... Th- Three. I'm not going to now. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a bunch of emails to get to. And, um, you know, as we said, what makes a successful ride? Food. Getting home safe. <laughs> the food. Yeah. Live to ride, ride to eat. I agree. And Absolutely. we had asked people to send in there, live to ride, ride to eat. So I have one here. Uh, if anyone else has one queued up. Um, so this one is from Jeremy. He says, hello again, gang, from hey, wintry old New Hampshire. Your podcast is, as always, providing the invaluable service of keeping motos on my mind and in my heart as I stare out at several inches of blowing snow and cold temps. Oh, boo! In the summer months, any excuse to take a nice ride on some back roads is welcome, and one of my favorite excuses is to go get ice cream. Here in central New Hampshire, we have an abundance of independent ice cream shops, ranging from roadside stands to fancy creameries with covered outdoor seating. I approve of writing for ice cream. I will say that. Yeah, the dairy scene in New Hampshire is... (laughs) Yeah, right? The ice cream is often homemade, and most places have dozens of interesting flavors to choose from. A favorite of my wife's is bubblegum. Yuck, yuck, he says. (laughs) Well, I usually go for some more traditional uh, flavors like cookies and cream. Ice cream chips are fun because it's cheap, quick, and many of our favorite spots are along my favorite local scenic routes. Before I go, I have a bone to pick with Miss Emma. Oh. Uh oh. Of course, I love and appreciate her, and I love her taste in cars. Jaguar is my second favorite car make, he says. But I'm afraid I was led astray. Oh, dear. Uh oh. Uh-oh. You see... I've been leading boys astray for years now. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Emma was once discussing battery tenders. Yes. And she said that one doesn't necessarily need to pay for the battery tender name to get the functionality, and she named the Viking brand as an alternative. Yes. Which is sold at... Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight. So I broke my own rule about buying something from there with any sort of electrical cord, which is a very good rule. Right. And bought a Viking battery maintainer. Well, my first use was not a success. Oh, dear. I left the Viking connected to one of my batteries, and when I returned, I was greeted with a distinct odor, which brought back memories of model trains burning up. I know that odor. oops a daisy Anyway, my Viking went into the trash and has since been replaced with a lovely little Optimate unit, which has been running like a top. Finally. Nice. Please enjoy a couple photos of my new-to-me Royal Enfield 650, which has been a delight, and can't wait to put some proper miles on it in the coming season. It's perfect bike for backroad ice cream trips. Oh, Dang. that's great. That's great. Yeah, so thank you. Ice cream, that is good. Yeah, yeah. and normally I'm very careful about what I what I endorse. You know, I've had a Viking in the shop, which I use as a backup. I mean, my my. Battery charger actually at Moto Town is a UASA. It's a genuine UASA. It's an amazing thing. It looks like, you know, you're trying to program it and it's got all these flashing lights and everything. Um, I bought it last year so I didn't have to pay as much tax. Um, But I use a Viking a a lot and it served me very, very well. So um, horses for courses, I Uh, guess. I'm going to go so far as to say any um, battery chargers from the 70s or older. They will never die. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. They, I have one on the Triumph that you can go 6 or 12 volt. Mm-hmm. They, they never die. Uh, one caveat to that. Is don't do the lithium. Don't all play well with yeah. lithium. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right, who's got another live to ride, ride, eat? Do you have one, Bagel? Oh, no, 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 no. Bagel, do you have one? No. No, I thought there was another. Okay, well, then let's go to Bagel. You, ha- I gave you two, so go ahead and read one of them, Bagel. Yes. <clears throat> well, I've got an email here from Andy. Uh, I'm sorry, from... Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Ryan Dodman. Yeah, there it is. Struth. And uh, Ryan says, hey, y'all. Hey. Oi. Ride report here from down from down here in Australia. Better, Australia. better get For around here with a tire it. iron, mate. I got a motorcycle stuck up my ass. <laughs> For any misfits listening in the southeast of Queensland, I found some f- fantastic roads doing the full lap around Lake Wivenhoe. Wait, like what? Huh? Wivenhoe. Wivenhoe. W i v e n h o e. Wivenhoe. Okay. Blimey. It so was a great five to six hour ride with my dad. Oh, nice. My butt was thanking my padded bicycle shorts by the <laughs> end as the seat on my Yamaha R3 is basically cool. a plank. Yeah, I, I will endorse. They don't have the best seats, do they, darling? <laughs> but the best, part, <laughs> the best part was a road running south from Dagwillar to Mount Me. The road was perfectly twisty, and I'm not kidding when I say they built it like a racetrack. <laughs> Didn't even see a car for the entire 10-kilometer stretch. Oh, lovely. I highly recommend getting there if you can. And for all of you Northern Americans huddled up in the cold, wet, and snow, <laughs> the day was a beautiful, sunny 35 degrees, 95 degrees Fahrenheit. I was going to say, what's Light that in breeze? freedom units? <laughs> And, and not a cloud in the sky. Keep up the amazing work, Misfits. You're the best, Ryan. Oh, oh thanks, Ryan. Ryan. Lovely Ryan. Email. Because, of course, thanks, it's, it's high summer yeah. in Australia land. It mm-hmm. is. Does Santa Claus summer. wear shorts? Um, um, no, budgie smuggler. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they se- they celebrate <laughs> Christmas on the beach in <laughs> Australia. All right, I'm going to pick one of yours. Um, I'm going to do the... I'm going to do from Jeffrey. Um, Hi, my name is Jeff, and I live in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Jeff. A couple of years ago, I was watching Rides with Norman yep. and found out about you guys. I've since listened to dozens <clears throat> and dozens of your podcasts. Oh, you poor chap. <laughs> and now it's my Monday morning ritual to fire you guys up and listen on my 45-minute drive to work. You know, the, the, the joke is amongst our listeners, you know, we, we are the favorite part of their Monday morning commute. Um, usually I wrap up the podcast on Tuesday morning, and guess what? It's Tuesday morning. <coughs> I really enjoyed your last podcast specifically because I recently finished building a VMAX street tracker. Oh. And after your conversation about the one of you, I forget which one it is, is currently building a street legal flat track bike, that would be Jim, I just had to write in. When Emma, open brackets, I love her the most, close brackets. (laughs) We all do. Says, maybe you should add some fake sponsor stickers. I knew I had to send you guys pics of my bike, which I'm super proud of. Um, I built it as a tribute to the original owner of the bike, a dear friend of mine who sadly died early at age 47. Oh, that is far too young to shuffle off your mortal coil. That is good looking. Um, I've always loved the way flat track bikes look, and now I have one. The reason it has forward controls is because I have an artificial right leg, and I can't stand having my legs folded up like a pretzel too long. (laughs) Well, nobody likes that, darling. 
I know it takes away from the flat track bike look a bit, but it's super fun to ride, and I'm six feet tall, so VMAXs are a bit small for me. Anyway, there's nothing like the thrill of a VMAX when it hits its stride between six and 9,000 RPM. That's V-Boost, baby! This is my second one, which I plan to be buried with. I'm currently working on another street tracker built from a 79 XS 650. This is a great looking bike. This is really good looking, Emma. Well done. And it gets my approval because it has gold wheels. Gold wheels make everything good. Remember, my (laughs) XS 1100 had gold wheels. I did that for you. Mm -hmm. In the episode with Norman, it shows you riding a street tracker, which I'm dying to know more about. What is it? Can you send me a pic? And what the fuck is Emma's Rufus? She's always going on about. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, it, there are many questions to answer. <clears throat> Lastly, I thought it was a really cool idea to ask your listeners about their live to ride, ride to eat experiences. Oh, I'm sorry. It is at the end of <laughs> ride to eat. <laughs> there you go. I ride almost every Sunday with a group of guys that I love. Um, Jeff, it's not wrong to love another guy. Um, <laughs> We are all well-seasoned riders with four dramatically different bikes. Dave on an awesome uncorked Super Duke, myself on my VMAX, or my big dog, which I presume is a species of Harley mm. Davidson or s No, what's the, uh, the Corvette engine thing, the big dog? The bit Haas. The Haas, the yeah. big Haas. Yes. Haas, Haas. Yeah. Yes. Haas, Haas. No, I think a big dog is a species of S&S powered thing. Brian oh. on his pristine all-original Triumph Underbird. And Bart on his Harley Pan America. Oh, that's a that's a very eclectic bunch yeah. of peeps. Riding the canyons in Colorado is awesome, and our favourite trip is a trip up through Golden Gate Canyon. Golden Gate Canyon is twelve miles of killer asphalt, tons of turns, and wicked Colorado mountain scenery. The ride culminates at Central City, Colorado, to eat at a little casino that caters to motorcycle riders. Oh, that sounds good. They have an old dude there yes. who rides an Indian. And he waits in a little shack in a parking lot to greet the riders and parking <coughs> in front is reserved for motorbikes. He keeps them on the bikes. You go in and order and there are a table set up outside with a nice sight of the bike where we sit, hang out with other bikers and enjoy biker culture. Sounds like my idea of heaven. Uh, you guys are far and away the best motorcycle podcast out there. I really enjoy each and every oh, episode. Thank you. thank you for doing what you do. One last question. Why do you call this guy Stumpy John Stumpy? Is he like me? Lol. No, he's not like you. I'm not like anybody. No. Because um, <laughs> he's built like a tree stump. Yeah, he's built like a, He has two legs, but he's, he's, he's solid. This he's, is a, he's solid. John is kind of. He's about the same distance from top to bottom as from side <laughs> to side. Hence, <laughs> we call him more scum square. Yes. Yeah, no, he's, he's he's what we call a square physique. The second like, is like in, a piston in uh, ride with Normus Reedus. Normus Normus Reedus. He was someone new. Um, Liza was riding an awesome cafe race kind of tracker. It's full tracker. Full yeah. tracker Yamaha XS seven fifty triple with. An R1 front end. Exactly. And I believe that started off as a... No, it didn't start off as a special, but you put a special engine in it from the cruiser. Oh, that's the second engine. Second engine was from a cruiser. Um, Last question to answer. Rufus is a 1994 Suzuki RF900 2R in factory... Purple and yellow paint. 
and um, Rufus is a Rufus is a good boy yeah. and in nice nice original condition. Not going to win a concourse competition, um, but not that far off either. But dad ass. Yes. Nice ass. He's got a nice ass. Yes. <laughs> Suzuki RF 900. All right. Uh, bagel, we're running out of time, so let's get to your second one. All right. <clears throat> Do I have an email from uh, Andy Cheatham? Yes. Hey, Andy. Andy says, Ahoy, Misfits. Ahoy, Boy. Andy. <laughs> Greetings from the not-so-sunny not Droitwich Spa. Blimey, that's Andy. <laughs> I'm a long-time listener, thanks yeah. to Norman, and still living the show, mm-hmm. although I... Do miss Mean Megan's laughter and Lucas's <laughs> balls of steel. Balls of steel. Balls of steel. <laughs> Hearing all that you get up to and listening in the various in your various guests over the years has given me a totally different perspective on the beautiful world that is mortal motorcycling. Where is this fellow from? Is this, is this Scottish you're going to? Droitwich Spa. Good lord. <laughs> Where the hell is that? Where is it? Droitwich. Up near Manchester, I think. No, it's in Broome, darling. Broome? <laughs> oh, well, it's okay, in the Midlands, that. yes. Ah, Detroit okay. Witch. Anyway, carry on. Anyway, uh, here you get up to get get up to all that. <laughs> wow. Right. <laughs> Keep going, you mad man. All that you get up to and listening to your various guests over the years has given me a totally different perspective on the beautiful world that is motorcycling. And Liza, it was great to meet you and Kat yes. in the summer. To chew the fat a bit, glad you enjoyed your trip to our fair islands. I'm trying to Thank find you. my way over to your side of the pond, but life keeps getting in the way. Anywho, I thought I would share with you a problem I recently had while out on my BMW R1200RS. Perhaps Miss Emma would like to try and diagnose? I'll do my best. I had ridden out of the city of Birmingham, pronounced Birmingham. <laughs> As is traditional this time of year, it was hissing down with rain and, and the M5 motorway, a busy freeway out of Birmingham, was turning into a tributary of the local Severn. <laughs> I was in a hurry to get home to Droitwich and so was making progress down the outside lake. Sorry, lane. <laughs> <laughs> they will ride in all weather there. Then I did a dumb thing. I was distracted as the zip on my right hand jacket sleeve being partially open and water was getting in. So as I attempted to zip it back up while doing around 70 miles per hour, officer, (laughs) I suddenly lost power on the bike. (laughs) I dropped down again, tried to rev the engine. Nothing. I had to act fast as there was traffic hooning up behind me and cars and trucks and both the other two lanes. So I pulled the clutch in and coasted across both lanes, just about managing to keep up enough speed to avoid being rear-ended by the traffic. Scary! Finally, I stopped on the hard shoulder. Not sure what you call it in America land. I still had electric to the dash, so I put my hazard warning lights on while I figured out what, I ha- what had happened. Any ideas? You hit the kill switch, you knob. <laughs> The answer is that in messing with my jacket zip, I had accidentally hit the engine yeah. kill switch. <laughs> and it's a little embarrassing. Done. What a knob. Well, lesson learned. <laughs> I'm just thankful I was able to get off the freeway before, before something bad happened. The moral of the story, well, maybe don't be stupid. Yes. Yeah. I'm still riding despite the crappy weather as I have to feed my addiction, even though even through the winter. 
All the best. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Andy. Oh, so, Andy. Um, Glad you made it out, Andy. Similar story, and actually on the similar road. So there's a group of us riding out of Brum on the M5, and we're going down to see my brother, who at the time was at the University of Bristol. And it was great, because you'd get on the um, M5, and you just head south. And, you know, an hour and a half, a couple of hours later, you'd be in Bristol, and then we'd all go out on the piss, which basically means drinking. So I'm on my water buffalo my gt750 and my friend frank's in front on his gt500 and we're in the outside lane we're doing about 90 and so he's really pushing the 500 i mean i'm in my stride this friggin' battery fell off i mean it just oh. fell out and oh. the bike of course stopped dead and he's got he's got no electrics he's got because the battery's gone i mean the battery is fell out of the bike and was squashed by a truck for all i know so he's waving his arm trying to get over three lanes and he manages it and um yes when we got to the uh, hard shoulder, there was a smell of poo. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh God. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, sending your emails in. Um, y'all, we're going to save er, these emails because we run out of time. Always we've run yeah, out had, of time. Oh, but so I'm still going to ask for more. I love hearing the um, <clears throat> live to ride, ride to eat. I want to know more rides that people are going on with great food stops. I mean, we've got endless... Taqueria, so we, we 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 will never have a shortage of places well, until the cows come <laughs> home. In, in my opinion, you know, it's such an important part because it's it's things you do with your friends, those you are closest to, you eat with them, and I mean that goes back hundreds of years. I mean, you know, you go into it any Italian's house, you're gonna get fed. I mean, it's like what people do welcome to my home i'm going to feed you so riding with friends as good a fun as that is eating with friends you know you're just cementing the friendship i think it's wonderful there you go Breaking and bread. and uh, oui. i i didn't get into it tonight i'm going to save it for next week but i'm going to do more tired changing reviews i bought more gizmos i bought an adapter for the rabaconda uh emma yelled at me today well you deservedly so next week Next week, we're getting into it. So this is the time that I say, hey, thanks, everyone, for, for sticking with us and listening. Uh, go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. I really need to update our calendar. Thank you, John, for reading the calendar. Join us on a trip. Yeah, I mean, you really should hang out with us because we are yeah. more, more fun than you actually might imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, and big thanks to our Don't Fold It, Don't Fold It. That's how I know it if hasn't been read. If you didn't read it, don't yeah, yeah. fold um, it, you log. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. I, You didn't notice I bought some more things. Mm. I got a new, uh, the fuel, what do you call the fuel? The IV canister. IV canister. I replaced the it's, old one. Yeah, I've been just trying to update some of the tools in the shop. So yeah. Thank you. I keep, keep reinvesting. Well, and, and you know, I'm updating a few of the tools in Mototown. So if I do that... You can basically have my tools, which are perfectly okay for right. one day a week use. But obviously, you know, all week use in a pro shop, you can't. And then uh, last but not least, John, you did not include, and I'm inviting you, in two weeks on the 27th is the Naked Ride. It's <laughs> going to be happening. Boy. Who wants to come get naked? 
Oh, I'm doing it, of course. And of course. You don't have to just come to Santa Cruz. You could ride naked anywhere. Uh, no, that is not no, true. No, no. Um, no, that is not true. It is, it is so, actually legal here. Right. So just to bring people up to speed, because there are people who are hearing this for the first time. So um, the Vampires, which is the local Santa Cruz-based motorcycle hoodlums, do a naked ride every winter. And it's kind of like the equivalent of the polar bear swim. Take all your clothes off, wear your helmet and your boots, and ride downtown Santa Cruz. Is it cold? Yes. Is it fun? Yes. Do I do it every year? Yes. If you come on the naked ride, are you going to see Emma's boobies? Yes. Yes. And yes. And you might get a muff shot if you're lucky. I am very good at looking at everybody's face. And judging. And judging. And not looking down. Not looking down. Eyes up. <laughs> Eyes up. So, yeah. Uh, come on out if you'd like to get naked. We'll, 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 we'll love to have you join us or come out anytime. You can do a naked right here. Anytime. You're right. So, on that note, thank you, everybody, for listening and sticking with us. Send us those emails at motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. Yes. And, uh, yeah, want to hear, hear where you're going to go right to. On that note, let's get out of here, everyone. Thanks. This is Liza. It's Debbie John. Naked Emma, darling. Ray Ray. Scotty. <laughs> Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. cool.